Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Worst of the Riot podcast, the Monday edition, the Canadian Thanksgiving edition. Ooh, what do we the, say wow. for Canadian Thanksgiving, do you say? Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> what say? Yeah, oh, no. That's the meanest thing, because, you know, it's not fair to make fun of a polite mm-hmm. uh, area. <laughs> <laughs> for the, what do we say for American Thanksgiving? I don't know. Uh, does this have carbs in it? Or, I don't know. <laughs> Can I get that deep fried, please? <laughs> These are both bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy Monday. If you're listening to this podcast on Monday, just to let you know, it is Match Monday for our Radio U Fall fundraiser. That's why our podcasts are a little bit shorter during this week. Uh, we're raising money for Radio U, and that raises money for our podcast. So consider giving at RadioU.com, especially today, because whatever you give gets matched for Match Monday. Some people might appreciate that the podcast is shorter. I know. Don't get used to it, guys. It'll go back to its other length. This isn't we so can, bad, actually. Yeah. We should go a little longer. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the threat we get to tell people? Yeah, we'll go longer. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't give, uh, if you don't, don't give, we'll yeah. go longer. Um, so today during the podcast, we talked about during the show, we talked about how some flights are being canceled again. Yeah, and this has kind of been a thing that's been going on for so long now. I haven't flown in like a, in a, a long while. Week. Yeah, I haven't flown in at least a week, <laughs> and. Uh, and because like the past couple of months, it's been like pretty much constantly one airline is like down. You just never like, know which one it's going to be. If you go back to like before the pandemic, it was stupid to fly then. Yeah. yeah. It's just now it's it's stupider. They just gave them yeah. one more excuse. They yeah. they needed one more yeah. and uh, or as if they needed one more. They well, already. I feel like when you listen to this, we talk about ATC, the air traffic controller mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, when we talked about it, some people thought we didn't give it enough um, talk because there's all this like, are they lying? Like Southwest, yeah. Because you know, like the air traffic controllers are like, nah, and then Southwest <laughs> is like, uh huh, yeah. and everybody's like, well, what about me? <laughs> Why can't are, I fly home? There are some uh, disputing reports, is, is what we're yeah. hearing. So, at, so the, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people stranded, a lot of flights canceled, and. It sounds like Southwest not doing a whole lot well, to help. Everybody wants someone to blame, and technically that should be Southwest it's, Airlines. Right. <laughs> but they're they're the ones with others. the airline. Yeah. They're the ones with the planes. Uh, but I don't want to fly anytime soon, so yeah. no, yeah. thank you. We also talked about a little box office review from this mm-hmm. past weekend, and this upcoming week, I am going to do it. I'm going to go see a movie. You what are, are you going to see? Why do you go with Hudson on his birthday? <laughs> I'm going to go see Shang-Chi is what I'm going to go see. Uh, Shang-Chi. 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 Say it right. Say it right. He's, He's not going to see it. He doesn't even I'm know. I'm going to, to see it this weekend because my, uh, typically Carly, my, my girlfriend and I, we always watch them together. Mm-hmm. But she hasn't been back in Columbus for what seems like so long now. So now mm. she's coming back this weekend. Now she's coming back this weekend. But like a month ago when it came out, like my roommate and I like really wanted to see it. I think. And she was like, "You can't see it without oh, me." Wow. And so you're, I've oh, waited. That's a horrible impression. I've waited. Of her. I know. But you're like <laughs> two weeks bad. away from Disney Plusing it. So I know, yeah, right? There. Why don't I know. You just but hold I... off and go see James Bond or Venom instead. No. 
Come on. I don't want to wait any longer. I've already waited so long. I've held off. Mm-hmm. She made all these rules before she left. She's like, you can't go to Cane's. You can't go to Roosters. <laughs> I'm like, what? what? I'm like, what? this is just insane. I'm why like, did you lead with that? That's crazy. That's what I said. That's what I said. Hang on. When you're in a longer distance relationship, sometimes you don't want to miss out on things with your special like someone. Like going yeah. to Raising Cane's? I know. That's what I said. We were on the phone one day, and I was like, dang, I haven't had a Cane's in so long. I'm going to get some Cane's. And then she has the audacity. <laughs> to throw that out to be like, be like, well, well, you can't go get go get canes without without me. And I was like, what? She was like, I really wanted to. She was like, how about we do this thing where you like wait until I come back? What? I was like, you're not coming back for like a month. Like, what do you mean? Why would we do that? That sounds insane. And then, and then I said roosters, and then she said the same thing. She's like, well, can we wait? Me wait on that one too? And I was like, sure, whatever, we can wait. That's well, the fine. good news you're is you're a good boyfriend because I like how she doesn't. She's not losing anything there. She doesn't have to do anything. No, she has to do it's nothing. You that has to do Solely, that. Solely, I have to hold off. You need to come up with some restaurants that she can't go to. Yeah. Like, okay, well, it turns out you can't go to McDonald's, Wendy's, Arby's, any of the fast yeah. restaurants. The good news Actually, is... you can't eat. Yeah. The good no news food. is Raising Cane's are all closed because they have no employees, so it's yeah. not like you can are go anywhere. Are they closing all their hours, too? They, it's very... At least the ones near me is very hard. They said they yeah. had to bring to in, the right like, time. their office workers uh-huh. to come work in yep. the stores, yep. which... I- if someone called me in to go yeah. work at fast food, I'd be like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. <laughs> Guys, I can only check email. I and, went to Wendy's over the weekend, yeah. and man, it was it was a nightmare because I tried to order online, and it gave you, it gives you all the options of carry out, dine yeah. in, whatever. Turns out you can only order drive through or curbside. Sure. They had the inside locked, uh, so it's like, oh, yeah. what am I going to do if I order dine in? You don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I just am I just gonna sit there? I mean, I don't know. I guess I'd have to go through the drive through or something. But it, and it took forever. Uh, it was, it was a mess. So, you fell back because you could tell there was only like two employees. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's just you a can't mess run right it with two. Even though if Wendy starts, you got to pay attention because what if they have a make your own food click yeah. instead of curbside? You know, <laughs> like curse. I have to go in. And make it DIY, yeah. make it yourself. <laughs> They've been training us all these years. I've I've had people, family members, that are like, "Why would I go to the self checkout? I'm not paying. You know, why am I going to do their job for them? They're training you so that uh, when there's a labor shortage, you'll be able to make all of your food yourself. You can just do it. <laughs> At this point, it feels like every place is feeling it. So. Yeah. Um, well, I think we spent long enough, guys. We did. Yeah. Well, we ha- sometimes we have to get stuff out since we don't have time we during the fundraiser. Yeah. We have to get that. other stuff out in the podcast. And so show. consider supporting for Match Monday for our podcast. Make right. sure you put podcast listener in the comment section. And that way we have a chance to thank you. So if you go to RadioU.com and then remember, no going to Canes or Roosters mm, for yes. one month. All yeah, right. Month. No, I guess until this weekend. Yeah, this weekend yeah. we're all free. So you, you can just hold off need. like four more days. We'll be good to go. <laughs> I love relationships. They're the best. <laughs> Have a good day. It Bye. is the riot. Welcome to the riot, where you listen to us, and uh, that's it. It's pretty much a one-way street. The riot. Radio U. Now, I don't know about uh, you guys. May- this might have been a very unique experience to myself. This is one of those sports weekends that totally took a couple of years off my life, but in, <laughs> the, in the best way possible. Because you mean it all, things worked out for you? It all worked out, but it was a yes. stressful ride to get there because uh, the yesterday, I mean, it was really yesterday, the Packers went to overtime with the Bengals, uh, and in, in doing so, uh, in the final two minutes of the game and then into overtime, they combined both teams to miss five field goals in a row. Oh my gosh! It was, it was honestly one of those where you watch it and you're just in disbelief. Like I, yeah. I didn't really care like who won the game. I'm not a Bengals or like a Packers fan, uh-huh. but just watching it the whole time, I was like, wow. 
Hudson's probably like in tears right <laughs> now. Like after Mason Crosby missed like the third one, I was yeah. like, "What are we doing?" I was stressing out, but then I don't know. I thought it was but just something won? in the state. Yes. They did wind okay. up winning, uh, ironically, on a field goal. <laughs> My yes. wife was watching too, and she's just like, "There's no way they're gonna let him kick again." I was like. If you keep letting him kick, he eventually has he has to make one, yeah. right? So. <laughs> That's why you'd be a good coach right there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not give up. It's Six not, times later. It's yeah. not that I believe in you. I just think odds are eventually you're <laughs> going to get At some it. point, you're going to figure it out. Yeah. And then last night, the Red Sox played the Rays. Uh, in It was game three of the series, and that wound up going to uh, 12 innings at least. It might have gone more. I watched the whole thing and, and you know, once you get past nine, you just lose count. Yeah. But uh, the Red Sox did wind up winning that one as well. So that was, it was a lot for me to handle, but eventually it all worked out. So is the Tampa Bay Rays the one team that's thinking about moving to Montreal? Uh, Yeah, they're they're thinking about splitting time, it, half in Tampa Bay it feels and half like in Montreal. being the child of divorced parents, like they want to <laughs> yes. split between one town and one yeah. and stay like except, half the season. Except neither parent loves you. Okay. No, yeah, you're going <laughs> wherever you go. Yeah, I just don't think they're gonna. There's no way they're gonna have any. I just don't think they'll have any fans. Gonna, if, you, if you're half and half, like you have to choose. Like you can't be half in my city and half not in my I was, city. I was thinking uh, before we talked about it. I was like, what if there was somebody out there that was on the opposite? That was a Bengals and Rays fan, and I was like, oh wait. There's no race there's fans, no so there's nobody that I, there's no I'm, chance. There's nobody on the opposite end of the spectrum from what I went through this weekend. I love that so much. You're like everybody hates you. That's fine, man. That's great. That's that's a hundred percent. Then yeah, and but. Anything to get the Rays out of their stadium. It's the worst. If you ever watch, they play uh, the Tropicana they, place. Yeah, oh, yes, it's the worst. The it, Tropicana place. Uh, I love there it. Was, in the game, uh, the first game of the series a couple nights ago, there was a, a ball that hit the roof of the yeah. of the dome, and they called it a home run. It's just like how can you have, how can you have a stadium where you can hit the roof for the and it counts as a home yeah, run. And, 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 and it, it counts. counts. Yeah, so th- that was rough. But there was lots of other great stuff that happened in sports this weekend as well. I know a lot of people happy to see uh and this is another one uh that was it was a hard to watch at the end but alabama wound up losing to texas a&m which everybody was excited about so man it was a good time every time i looked online someone was saying something about a game and i was yeah. like oh it seems like it was a weekend full of good stuff there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones i remember watching the alabama game and i wasn't even watching it until like i saw it on twitter and i was like oh my gosh like everyone's talking about the alabama game and i tuned in with like three minutes left and i was like yeah they're gonna lose i was like what is going on this weekend it was it was just craziness all weekend long but you were happy right I was happy Ohio State when I was sad that my Browns lost yesterday oh, yeah. in a really good game against the, the Chargers. It was a good game, yeah, but they'll, uh, they'll bounce back. Yeah, they'll be okay. This is the Worst of the Riot podcast. Donating to Radio U is, in all circumstances, a lot better investment than buying plane tickets because <laughs> you know. just never know what you're going to get. And I know like you flew a few weekends ago and I know that I'm sure most people and most flights are fine. But when you see like coming off of this weekend, mm-hmm. when you see when one airline has these huge issues, literally like, a thousand flights canceled in just a weekend. Yeah. And that's from Southwest. I don't want to fly anywhere. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, you're right. Most people usually get to you're their fine. destination without any issues, but... That's not all people, and that means you're taking a gamble 
Uh, anytime you like, you're you're playing the odds. Anytime you want to get out there and take a flight, you don't know you could be the person stranded in Kansas City wow. for a, an extra couple days with nothing to do. So they're saying Southwest Airlines canceled 1,007 flights, uh, citing they say ATC, and I was like, what's that? Air traffic control issues. What does and that mean, though? I don't know. That's very vague. <laughs> I feel like it's just an answer that they can give, and yeah. you're like, oh sure, because we don't know enough. Because well, they always. Like uh, I, I guess that's each each airport has like the tower, right? Where yeah, that's air. It's ca- that. And then the pilots always are saying, "Well, the tower's giving me the go ahead," or the tower's saying, "No, don't go," or what? You know, the the pilots will say that. Uh, what if the pilots are just like the tower's telling us not to go? But you know what? <laughs> we got to make it to Houston. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> I don't think they let you. And they say oh, disruptive on. weather. My favorite is when your airline cancels your flight and it's like four days in in front and the weather's not even here. Right. <laughs> Like, why is that happening? They, but it seems that they can use the weather. Uh, like, there was legitimately bad weather, mm-hmm. uh, but it feels like they can also just use that whenever they kind of feel like it. At, and the, at the air drop traffic of a control hat. stuff. Yeah, of course, because <laughs> who can dispute it? So they're not saying any other comments for Southwest, uh, but if you know anybody who's traveling through them, they say they're not able to rebook anyone until today or tomorrow. Yeah, now that's so a mess. a lot of people stranded, they have to stay there with no real changes until today or tomorrow when they can try to rebook them. I guess you just got to kind of... Roll with the punches, you know? Like, what else can you do? Well, you could You're not. Just... Okay, let's go through the list. You don't, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you could take another airline home and have to pay probably four times. Yeah. You know how it's Match Monday? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> they're going to match and go they, ahead and double. They're going to double your airline. airfare, yes. but you have to pay all of it. <laughs> uh, now, I, I just I think. I tell you, we're special with our Match Monday. It's the good way. <laughs> I know it sounds so horrible, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to think if it was me in that situation, man, I'd. You'd be mad at first. It's like, man, I don't want to be stuck in Kansas City or wherever it may be. But then it's just like, you know what? This is just my excuse. Just going to get out of stuff. I'm just going to ride it out. Yeah, until your job fires you. Well, it's not my (laughs) fault. It's not my fault. Until, you know, hey. I, I don't mind it until you see the lines of people just having to stand and wait in yeah, line. That that's, looks that's horrible. The, it's the hassle of it all. It's not, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind having the extra couple days. I mean, you can work from anywhere anyways, but. <laughs> but Even from the terminal. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's you're right. The hassle of having to stand in line to wait to talk to the ticket agent or whatever. And all the time you'd have to spend on the phone. Well, and nobody, we all know we don't want to spend I'm time sorry, on the Hudson, phone. They're not going to talk to you till today or tomorrow. Remember, they're not. <laughs> Doing it yeah, until so then. Hopefully, so you get a hotel voucher at least so you can stay at the who double was tree. Stuck over the weekend. Uh, that was the details with Southwest Airlines. Over a thousand flights were canceled. Yeah. So, uh, good luck to anybody who's out there right now. I hope you make it home okay. <laughs> the worst podcast with the best listeners. This is the worst of the riot podcast. Now, uh, in honor of Match Monday, there was a match up at the movie theaters. Over the weekend between the uh, Venom in its second and second week in theaters and, of course, the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, which would be number one. Dude, it came out and I still don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) It came out. I I feel bad for Bond. I I did see more about Venom than I did for Bond, but, you know, at least it came out. I know that one's been waiting for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People have been waiting for James Bond. I have plans to see it on Thursday Mm -hmm. for my birthday alone. And uh, just just what I want. You're not alone. It's what I want. Yeah, that's right. Just me and Daniel Craig. And that's all that's all I need. Sounds like a perfect birthday. Well, I'll be helping pad uh, James Bond's uh, totals 
where it did get number one over the weekend with a about $56 million in mm-hmm. the United States. And I don't know. I think my expectations of what movies should be making in theaters, they're way off because that, that feels low to me. But they say that is the fourth highest out of all 25 Bond movies. It's the fourth highest uh, trailing only behind the three other Daniel Craig James Bond oh, movies. Oh, but you know they wanted way more than that. They did. They did. But this is at the lower end of the expectations where it's still not super disappointing, but uh, they definitely could have could have had their eye on more. Uh, but they it's they also say that it. Uh, well, this is like not James Bond people. This is the forecasters of the box office saying it's tracking like it should do pretty well going forward as well because I'm going to see it. <laughs> Uh, but but here, this is what is interesting to me. Uh, Venom, it's its second weekend out. The new uh, Venom Two, Let yeah. There Be Carnage. It was its second weekend out in theaters. It made uh, it made a lot of money last weekend, and then this weekend it actually made more in its second weekend than the original Venom made in its second weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that so uh, the signs are saying that. Uh, basically, they're saying this seems like a good weekend for movies as far as getting people back to the theaters Listen, they're where trying people to, are ready to go back. <laughs> they're trying to say both these movie companies are trying to say whatever it takes to make it seem OK that they didn't do as much <laughs> as they wanted them to do on their opening and second weekend. I, they're like, I, oh, no, it still should do better. Hudson seeing it. It'll yeah, be fine. I don't know. I mean, how much <laughs> I, I feel like I know that in my mind, I just think all of my numbers are off. Because I just feel like every movie should be making Marvel, like, you know, Avengers Endgame numbers when that's really not what they do and that's not what they have to do to be successful. But uh, at the same time, like, how much more can they can they honestly expect where people have just been kind of conditioned to not want to go back to the theaters anymore? So anything they can get, they can, any money they can make in theaters feels like a lot at this mm-hmm. point. No, you're right. It's not a Marvel movie, so it, it's not going to traditionally bring in that. So if you saw Bond over the weekend, uh, global number, it looks like $145.5 million, uh, which is, they were projecting about $150 million. Mm-hmm. But for here, um, it did not... Uh, I don't know. I don't even see anymore what it made. That's <laughs> a bond made whatever. Yeah, it was, well, it was 56 million. 56 million. There but it I is. don't know what their, I didn't see what their actual expectations were of if that was how bad below. They initially wanted was. about 60 to 65 million. So, yeah, so it's yeah. pretty, I mean, pretty close. What's 4 million between friends? It's fine. You know? They figure Hudson and a few other Hudsons will make up on Friday. Yeah, on maybe Thursday. it's uh, <laughs> the $4 million that people are holding back from seeing Bond this weekend that they're donating to Radio to U and Stay. Yeah. That's, that's they're refreshing. just smart, wisely budgeting, <laughs> and they'll use that $4 million to go see Bond another weekend. It is nice if you could support first here and uh, then support other things. That's That's what we're doing, right? (laughs) The riot promise is that they'll always have an opinion on everything they talk about. But that doesn't mean any of their opinions will make sense. This is The Riot on Radio U. I feel like in our area, we've been pretty good, but uh, it seems like in every section of the country, there is extreme stuff going on when it comes to the weather. All this crazy weather, and I feel really left out. It's just been like mildly hot, and every once in a while we get a mild thunderstorm and that's it that's about all yeah we, we haven't gotten too lucky well in texas they just had a year of weather where it started off with the ice storms and the cold weather and uh then they moved on to the heat wave and in the middle of all of that was a 
a thunderstorm that developed some record-setting hailstones. Mm -hmm. So here's what happened. Uh, They were actually able to uh, pinpoint where a hailstone had come down using using their weather radar in Medina, Medina County, uh, including Hondo and Castroville. Yeah. And they pinpointed where a large chunk of hail was. And like would have fallen from that would have been the biggest technology has come a long way. I'm glad they're using it for good. They found the hail because somebody had uh, picked up the hailstone and put it in their freezer. It measured 6.4 inches across 12 inches in circumference and it weighed more than a pound. And that is a record setting hailstone right there. For uh, for this area of Texas. Now, that was back. Uh, the storm was actually on April 28th. But get this. This is the fun part. They think they found a bigger one uh, also using the radar technology. Yeah. And they found it on uh, social media. But it was blended into a margarita before oh. they could go verify it. <laughs> well, you know, everyone copes in certain ways. Yeah, right. <laughs> and isn't that a very Texas thing, too? That it's just uh, it couldn't even... They couldn't keep the record-setting hailstone because they, they put, it in, put it in a margarita. Yeah. Well, it's why Honda was uh, trending a while ago during these storms for these hail pieces. And I remember when I saw it trending, everybody was posting pictures of this large record-setting hailstone. And what my favorite part is, everybody kept putting a little Texas uh, cowboy hat uh, <laughs> graphic on the top oh, yeah. corner of it. And it was like, this is how we do it in Texas. Yeah. We just go big. Everything is bigger in Texas, even the hail. Can you imagine? And like, even the margaritas, I if guess. If you've never been in a hail sto- uh, storm, it's the worst because there's nowhere to go. Yeah. And there's all you know is that you're just damaged. Like, every noise is a dent. Yeah. And, and this breaking and this breaking. And you can't, unless you get into a garage or somewhere else, if you're stuck in one this must have caused a lot of damage yeah this is the the fun part of the hailstorm is that somebody got to make it into a margarita but the unfun part is that all the other hailstones that maybe didn't quite break the record yeah were probably hitting cars putting dents in them and breaking windows and stuff like that so uh but if you if you have been in a hailstorm <laughs> i used to uh me and some of my friends if you were in a hailstorm and it was just like the little hail it yeah. was fun to run out into oh, the hail <laughs> and see how long you could last out there getting pelted with the little, like getting hit with airsoft BBs just over and over and over again. See, that would be that fun. That was a dumb kid thing to do. These are different. No, this would <laughs> knock you out. This exactly probably would have, especially if you were younger. Yeah, you're, uh, I mean, you'd be flat on the ground. But with this knocked you in the head. Well, so. congratulations to the record-setting hailstone in Texas and to the other one that wasn't officially recorded because nope. it was turned into a margarita. But they still got to celebrate anyways. Before <laughs> they could get their hands on it. Man, you couldn't have waited. You couldn't have waited. Then you could have had that as as the celebration of setting the record you right there. You could have had it all. I wonder what happened to the to hailstone that actually did set the record officially. What did they do with that one afterwards? I'm not sure they didn't mention. Oh, they should turn that one into a margarita, too, just to keep with tradition. Well, Erin said uh, we had quarter size hail uh, two weekends ago where she's at. Uh-huh. Dents all over my car. Yeah. Go get talk to your insurance. That's... They're not going to help you. Well, they will if you. No, they're not. They're going to be like, you. it was your fault. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> also, you have a deductible. so. Okay. And you're not quite there. Nope. Nope. You're not. So, uh, yeah. It's your own problem. It's nice that you give us money every month, but. We can't help you. Yeah. We are going to do nothing. Hudson, Nikki, The Riot on Radio U. Have you seen this tweet 
Uh, it's gone viral. Forty thousand likes. Uh, <laughs> it's a what is going on? There? <laughs> what is that? That is not real. Please tell me that's not real. How could you fly like that? I don't. <laughs> They're having like a a seafood boil, like a crawfish. Thing. Yeah. In a plane across a row of three seats. Yeah, it's, uh, well, you can tell it's Spirit Airlines. Yeah. And I don't just mean you can just tell. There actually is a napkin. And, uh, is it because it's cheap looking? Is that it? Yeah, no. I mean, you can look at the seats. There's a, And this is just the type of thing that would happen on Spirit Airlines. Oh, my gosh. It is uh, a couple. And they've got, so they've got the three seats. Uh, the woman sitting in the uh in the window seat and the man sitting in the aisle seat and then in between them and the middle seat is taken up entirely by a f- tray full of lobster and I mean full it is uh like d- a dozen at least lobster. Do you think those are lobsters or like crab or something? Uh, I guess I'm, they do look like lobsters, but like that's a lot of money. Yeah, right it's there. definitely lobster. But if you um, save money by flying Spirit <laughs> Airlines, you have enough money to bring right. lobster on board. But that's not even all because uh, if you look on the woman's lap, that's crab legs. Yeah, she's got crab legs and all kinds of other. Is that uh, shrimp or sausage? It's hard to it's hard to make out all of what exactly is there. What? And then of course they've got the free drinks provided. And I like She's got champagne. It's not <laughs> I think she has champagne. And it's not just that. It's also a Cheese It Box and uh and baby some Pampers wipes. wipes. Some baby but wipes. You know that's fingers. not for a baby, that's for their hands. Yeah. Okay. Now I just want to ask we we can barely get on the plane with our stuff. Yeah. You know, like uh they don't allow this, they don't allow that. Are you allowed to bring a crab boil or all this stuff on? <laughs> Apparently so, but... If you pay for its own seat, yeah. I guess you can. There's no one in the seat in between. Yeah. What if you did get that seat? You're like, hey, do I have to hold your lobsters? <laughs> can I have one? Can you guys scooch over and uh, maybe just I'll, I'll sit on the end? Or I guess it's pure jealousy. I would love yeah. that. Yeah, and actually the food looks good, that. doesn't it? Is that a half of an avocado? Oh, wow. Do you think by the water, by like the little shot glasses, or is uh, that a... Um, that's what do we hard think? to tell. It looks like an avocado without the pit out. Yeah, you might be right. It might be an avocado. Man, they've well, got it all there. They, they really went all out on this food. And yeah, you can see, oh, I missed the little uh, travel size alcohol bottles yeah, the there on the there. tray. Oh yeah, you know, they're, they're doing that too. They are partying on that Spirit Airlines plane. How long? This is what I want to know. I wish you could find out the real story behind it. Like, uh-huh. How long is this flight? What if it's only like an hour or two and you're bringing that on? Yeah, you're not going to be able to finish it in time. I would be so mad to be in front or behind them. What if somebody, I'm sure if you were allergic to shellfish of some kind, wouldn't you have to sit far away or like on a different plane? I don't think that's like an airborne one. You don't think? I don't, but again, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. It's kind of like when you go to a party and it's this foil tubs that they put food in. Yeah, the big foil trays. That's what they have. They They, have two of those. It's two of them and they cater, they have an entire catering menu in front of them for (laughs) seafood. And, uh... But Just wait till you get off the plane. Well, here's my last question. <laughs> is that is it possible that they bought all of that no, in the airport? In. No. So they had to go through security. They brought with that two in. giant trays. There's no way you of could get seafood that. and mm. run it through the scanner and everything. Someone had a good point. They say Spirit does not fly across the Atlantic. Like they don't do any flights like that. So mm-hmm. that's one that had to be it within the short. United States. It would have been a shorter one. I feel that it uh Somewhere it's it's it came into or out of New Orleans.
You can tell. You feel like. You can tell. <laughs> I. They're probably on their way to New Orleans. I want what all they're eating. Yep. But I hate them for it. <laughs> and if I was on a plane and I had to be around that, I'd be so annoyed to sit near that too. It's it's actually smart. You buy the extra seat on Spirit and you spend all this extra money on the food instead of uh, wasting your money and spending getting less food on a better airline. And don't forget the Cheez-Its. I would have been jealous just with that. Yep. They, they are doing this airplane right. They they, they know how to travel. Oh, no, thank you. I feel like we need to uh, post the pic or something. <laughs> I don't know if you guys really grasp what they brought on this plane. Yeah, we'll retweet it. How about okay, that? How on about the Radio that? U uh, Twitter. We'll put it at Radio U on Twitter. Uh, oh, no, I still feel like it needs to be on Facebook, too. All right, we'll do Let's that, say, too. We'll post it at Radio U Riot on Facebook. You you just have to see. You have to. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you were one of the lucky few who missed the riot when they were live. Yet here you are. I also like to live dangerously. This is the worst of the riot podcast. I have here the official undisputed list of the favorite dogs of the United States. Oh, going into Fourth of July. Yep, of course. <laughs> Can of you course. be proud of the dog that you have? Is it ranked high on the list? Is it the most American dog, the favorite <laughs> dog of the United States? So this is from YouGov, and they did this. Sometimes you see, like, uh, the American Kennel Club will come out with like the top most owned dogs. Yeah, but that's not what this is. This is what they actually did was they surveyed a bunch of people. And in the survey, they would just give them two dogs at a time. Mm. Like they would put up a beagle against a basset hound and it'd just be like, which one do you like better? And you do a bunch of those if you are one of the people taking the survey. And then with all of those matchups added together, this, these are ranked by how what percentage of the time the dog won. So, so these are the most liked dogs in America. Yes. Yeah, so uh, let's see. Let's start at number five. Shetland Sheepdog. Oh, those can be cute. Yeah, like La- that's uh looks like Lassie based off of the picture. Yeah. Uh, number four is an Entelbuker Mountain Dog. What is that? Um, I don't know. I wouldn't even know that if I had a list I was no, taking. No, I guess about people it. must have just liked the picture or maybe the name. I don't know. Uh, number three is an Alaskan Malamute. Oh, those are cute. Yeah, they're very similar to Huskies. Uh, two is a Golden Retriever. Hey, now, okay, so for my dogs, uh-huh. I have Golden Pyrenees. Yep. They're uh, Great Pyrenees and Golden Retrievers. Uh-huh. Mine counts then. All right. <laughs> I'm taking that one yeah, for a well, win. Your Great Pyrenees is in at 21, so you have two of the top... 21 and best pop, dogs. You're like, wow, that's putting it together. That must be amazing. They have their ups and downs uh-huh. with the combination of both of well, them. They must be huge, right? It's weird. My one dog, they're sisters. So uh-huh. I have two of them. Uh, Sugar, she weighs in a bit over 100 pounds. Oh, jeez. Uh, and has been told to let's top out it there <laughs> by the vet. Uh-huh. Uh, but she's she looks one way. She looks very much like a... Um, a retriever. Uh-huh. And then the sister, Cinnamon, she's only like 45 pounds huh. and she looks like a coyote. Wow. Like it's really the, yeah. but she has more like Pyrenees. Uh-huh. Uh, so she's fluffier and the other's not. So uh-huh. they, they look different. Huh. And then, uh, oh, the number one yeah. is Labradors. Labradors of course. Yes, of course. So there, there's your top list. If you look down the whole list, they've got the top 30 here. And almost all of them, it, it, there's a few that I'm not familiar with, but almost all of them are the bigger dogs. Mm-hmm. 
Like there's not a lot of uh, French Bulldogs, Boston Terriers, Chihuahuas. <laughs> They're just not on, not on this That's list of the top favorites. Fluffy big dogs. My other dog is a soft coated Wheaton Terrier, and uh-huh. uh, that didn't make the that list. That didn't. That's very specific, though. I don't know. <laughs> if, your, I, don't, I don't even know what that is. What does your dog have? Uh, it's not exactly known. Okay, so Exa- it's an unknown. You it's an unknown. The, you she's haven't a, done the doggy DNA test. Mu- well, you know when you buy your dog off of Craigslist for fifty dollars, and the test costs more. Yeah, yep. You don't necessarily. <laughs> you just uh, you just are happy to have a dog. I know. But she, I believe, is a mix of a Rottweiler and some kind of sheep dog or yeah. a collie or whatever. So, uh, she's got a big fuzzy tail that wags all over the place that I'm afraid is going to break off one day. And uh, (laughs) she's about 50 pounds and she's a lot of fun. You know, I think we could all agree. If you're a dog owner, it doesn't matter what type your dog is. Yep. You just love them so yep. much. They're it's the number best. one on your list, mm-hmm. but uh, not the, <laughs> if you have a small dog, the rest of the country does not agree. <laughs> or if they're not dog owners and they still took this test, they don't think they look good enough to be the most liked dog. That's right. <laughs> your dog is not, is not pretty enough. That's Sorry. right. We're not offended. Not offended at all. This is The Riot. Radio U. There was also more for the uh, favorite most liked dogs. Uh-huh. We didn't even notice what was at the bottom of the story. Yeah, we, we <laughs> buried the lead here because we talked about the top dogs, the the most loved, according to a YouGov survey. Basically, uh, golden retrie- or Labrador Retrievers and Golden Retrievers. Yep, they're popular. The bigger dogs are at the top of the list like and as far as size. Then at the bottom of the list, though, we have the least liked dogs in America. <laughs> Why do they have to call them out? Why can't they just let the list fade away? Yeah, well, uh, because uh, I don't know. I don't. I, why do we have to make these dogs feel bad? It's hard to. Uh, it's hard to look at some of these and say say that uh, they deserve it. Well, I it was one hundred and ninety three dogs, yep. and they did a head to head matchup. So you again, they were asked to like this dog or that dog, right. this dog or that dog, and then of course there has to be the bottom of the list. Yeah, there and has to be the these, dogs that just did not win any of the matchups. <laughs> some of these you may you like you recognize it when you see it, but yeah. you didn't know its its name or its breed. So this is the bottom six. Uh, there's the Commodore and then the Pooley, which are both the kind of dogs that would have like. The they look like mops, yeah. like they're uh, the twisted hair. Yeah, they're yeah. all dreadlocky. And then uh, how do you take care of that dog? Ah, uh, it's a lot of work. I don't think I could do that. You get somebody else to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> you hire a groomer. Well, even that that seems like a lot more. Their full time job is just brushing the dog's hair. And then, well, you can't because it's it's supposed to stay twisted. Yeah. Like you have to work on it. Yeah. And then a Pekingese. Pekingese was, was after which I uh, I found a Pekingese that had escaped from somebody's house. Man, uh, it deserves to be at the bottom of the list. Was I mean, it not I felt nice. No, I mean, it was the dog was very calm once we had caught it and everything. But man, it was they are just it was gross. And uh, it's still a dog. It's still a dog. So I still had to rescue it and I took care of it as best as I could. But uh, until we found its owner. But man, it was gross. You were glad to give it back? Yeah, I was was not. It wasn't hard to give it up. Let's just say that. Well, this is a hard list to hear for the liked and least liked because this is solely based on looks. Right. Unless you know enough about the dog to judge it another way. Because nobody has experienced all 193 dog breeds and nobody has owned or petted a lot of these so it's hard but you're, so you're just going off the picture and what you might know about it but then the bottom three uh, as a walks 
then a borzoi, and then a Chinese crested. The Chinese I, crested one, if you remember like the world's ugliest dog competition, yeah. there was that really rough looking dog. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that dog. Yeah. But I think that dog had some other unique. Yep. Some specific issues to that dog. Perhaps. Yeah, but this... Because this, this one's not the worst, but it looks like it's completely... It has no hair except for... Oh, like a mullet. Kind, a like mullet? an 80s style yeah. hairdo. I'm looking at the dog's hair. I was like, wow, it looks like you have human-like style hair right, on the head, it's wearing but a nothing wig. on the body. And then the other two... I don't understand why the other two are near the bottom, because they're not... It's not like they're really furry or anything. They just kind of have the more... Well, did like, you call it an as a as a walk? That just yeah. looks nervous. So yeah. I, I think that's. I don't know. Why. And then the Borzoi has more of a like dopey looking face, you know. Just Listen, like we're judging now. Yeah, we just should have said the breed. That's yeah, it. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't know. I'm just trying to paint a picture of maybe why it's near the bottom of the list, but I think it's. That the list is wrong for the bottom choice, well, if, those two bottom choices, because they look fine to me. If your dog didn't even make it on the list, not even at the bottom, yep. uh, just give your dog a hug and say, yeah. you didn't want to be on it anyways. Right. You're just, <laughs> you're still number one in my heart, so, and that's good enough. That's enough of that. For more Riot content, head to riot.radiou.com. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Hey guys and gals, thank you so much for listening. We hope you will continue to join us every single week as we play and talk about all the games, big and small, that capture our attention here at 4Player. We record live every Thursday night at 8pm Central Standard Time on twitch.tv slash 4 podcast, all spelled out. Audio episodes hit a day early for Patreon supporters over the weekend and then drop publicly on Monday mornings at 9am Central Standard Time. For more information about where you can find our episodes and subscribe, please visit us at 4playernetwork.com. But enough about all that, let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to 4Player Podcast. This is episode 697. It is October 8th, 2021, and uh, we've got a... uh, a three-person, a three-player crew tonight. I'm joined by Chris Davis. Hello. And Nolan Hedstrom. I believe it's called a thruple. Is did you just make that word up, or is that do I do I need a thruple? What is that like a a, a a gaggle, a small gathering of of three people? Is that I don't know if it has to be like sexual. It's sexual. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't say anything about it being sexual. I mean, that's all right. It's Friday. What's what's wrong with just trio? Yeah, everything everything is a little weird this week. We obviously we didn't do a show last week, uh, and uh, Crispy's out tonight. Brad's still on paternity leave. Uh, we don't have any special guests, so it's just the three of us. It's a Friday night instead of a Thursday night, uh, and this is going to be kind of a, uh, a casual. I don't know, like a free flow of ideas and thoughts or whatever, because. Mostly for the sake of when we hit the show next week, we don't have like a thousand things to uh, to then go into detail about. 
we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play some catch up tonight. We're gonna talk about a bunch of video games that we've been playing uh, over the past two weeks. Um, before we do that, though, uh, I saw a movie today in the movie theater. Oh, really? I did. I saw No Time to Die. Ask me anything. Was there time did- to die? Hmm. I mean, it's like two uh, and a half hours. That's plenty of time to die. It is a it is a long it is a long movie. I will say uh, th- the the title of the film makes sense after mm. mostly it's it's honestly it makes sense in the last like five minutes of the movie. Is is, uh, is it because Rami Malek's like, well, Mister Bond, it's time to die, and he's like, no time to die, and he runs away or something like you, that. that? Does he say the line? <laughs> You, you fucking nailed it. Uh, they they play they play with with that line a few times, as you might imagine, uh, in the movie. I mean, what do you expect, man? It's James Bond. They always do that shit. Uh, one always. of the things I've re- one of the things I've really enjoyed about Daniel Craig's run as James Bond is that from when he came on on board on Casino Royale, they established him as like this very grounded, kind of like serious human character, right? And it didn't feel very much. I mean, he felt like James Bond in the sense that he was like super suave, right? And he was always, he was always on top. Of Wait, things. are and you was... telling me that Roger Moore was not super suave? No, I'm. Th- no, I'm. I... Let me finish. Let me finish the thought. Apology to Roger Moore. That, to I'm saying. I'm no, no, no. He was very suave. I'm saying that was like kind of the only connective tissue to like previous Bond films. He felt it felt very new and different. But over the course of five films, they very slowly kept like ratcheting up the intensity of like the bondness of it so that by the time you get to the end of it we're talking about like super villains and like these weird have to have these big elaborate plans and they have these like super bait like these bases on like private islands and shit um and but because of the fact the that they ran stations right but because of the fact that they ramp it up so like slowly it felt like it it felt pretty organic like it like it makes sense like it fits in the world even though it started as something very different so i don't know i like it i thought it was a pretty good uh that was a you're good telling film. me I... that george lazenby was not super suave oh damn uh, uh nolan i'm pretty sure it, all of the actors who played bond were pretty suave i don't Otherwise, even they fucking have remember gotten... that movie <laughs> uh, which one was he in i think he was uh, in I the think... original your uh, her majesty's no. Secret service on her majesty's secret service yes yeah yeah. That was the one. Uh, I think I've only seen that movie once, dude. Yeah, same here. I've seen it like one time. I mean, that was his only. That was his only time. Correct. Uh, yeah. Playing Bond, but yeah, you know, uh, I think so a lot incidentally, of kind of um, the entire collection of James Bond films was on Blu-ray today for like sixty. Bucks it's definitely not. Bond. It's definitely not incidentally. It's definitely no coincidence. Of course, oh, yeah. the day oh, yeah, the, sure. the the quote final. Uh, James Bond film comes out. They're gonna put out a pack that has all of them, but this one. <laughs> like, yeah, it's that's yeah, for sure. Um, now, if that one had included this one, I might have. I saw y- for it. yesterday. <laughs> I saw. I think it was Wario sixty four posted an Amazon link, or no, it was a Best Buy link where you could pre order No Time to Die on Blu ray. And I was mm-hmm. like, it's like literally not even in theaters yet. How, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, they do that for a lot of movies. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people felt pretty kind of burned by Spectre in some ways. It felt weird, like they shoehorned a lot of stuff into it at the last second. They tried to like retroactively, you know, 
make it seem like the villain of that movie had like pulled all the, the strings. The the problem is, Nick, is that movie was I don't know the best word. Oh, boring. I don't know if I'd go that far. I would say boring. compared to compared to Skyfall, compared to Casino Royale, sure, sure. Um, I think I think this movie goes a long way in kind of like repairing some of that uh that bad wait hold on did you say specter specters are you you thinking quantum of solace i was thinking of quantum of solace sorry 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 specter was okay quantum of solace was boring yeah exactly because it's boring as fuck i've seen it once when me and bernadette were watching all the daniel craig uh bond films Mm -hmm. i I was like we can skip this one i mean i'll let you skip it i mean the the funny thing about that movie you know what i i didn't realize I, i found this out the other day by listen because they they were doing uh uh Jane, the production company did like a podcast like a four episode podcast for James Bond they were talking about the the series and I didn't realize Quantum of Solace came out in the midst of the writer strike yeah I had no idea so that was like that was going through the same shit that like break, the first season of Breaking Bad was going through so like which honestly makes a lot of sense um that movie doesn't have much to much impact on on his his arc. At Quantum all, of Solace but... has 25 minutes of a good movie. And that's yes. Because because the interesting thing about Quantum of Solace is that it, it's a direct sequel to Casino Royale. Like it's shot for shot, like Casino Royale ends and then Quantum of Solace begins. Yes. Um and that that's an intriguing thought to throw at a at a a, a franchise like this. You don't see that very often in this franchise. But right. then that scene ends and then they just go off on this other adventure and it's just I like. You don't I don't like remember anything because begin- it's so unmemorable. I've watched it recently. I like the beginning, like twenty minutes of that movie, and I That's like the saying. end twenty thirty minutes of that movie. But all stuff in the middle is kind of boring. But you know what? I don't. I think. Know. I, I think. I, I think they realize that. I, I would say that you just because there was a writer strike know, that doesn't give me any solace. No. It's still a bad movie. Damn, Damn it, Nolan! Still, <laughs> still it. delivering those awful dad jokes. Why are you doing um, this? But you know, I just I just want to I just want to say because I've been looking forward to this movie for a long time. It was supposed to be out like over a year ago. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm glad it's out. I was I was a little nervous about it, especially considering kind of like how it's been like one really good movie and one kind of subpar movie. You know, it's, I was mm-hmm. waiting to see where it was all going to fall, and I think this ultimately ends his run on a really good note. Um, so yeah, how is the new 007? Great. I think all the characters they introduce in this in this movie are great. I, I even the villain who is great, except for the the only problem is he doesn't have a ton of screen time, which is odd. Mm. Um, Maybe it's because his but, face is all fucked up. He didn't want to be on screen. <laughs> but Rami Malek is great. Rami Malek is great in almost everything he's in, but uh, doesn't have a ton of screen time. But the movie is, you know, it's good. It's good. I don't know if I would go as far as to say as like I liked it more than Skyfall, but it's definitely it, it comes close. It comes pretty darn close. I, I can understand it. Skyfall is one of those like it's such a fucking good movie. Skyfall yeah, stands alone on its own as like holy yeah. shit. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a hard one to franchise. beat. You know what? I it was a, I looked it up on IMDb today, and I had to do a double take. It said the the user review score on, on Skyfall was seven point eight out of ten, and I was like, "Are you serious? That's some bullshit. That is some bullshit. That movie's incredible." Um. But anyways, we don't have, you know, I was going to try and make some joke about no time to talk about no time to die, but whatever. I was going to, I was going to fumble it. So let's talk about what we are actually here to talk about, which is video games. 
And I have now, a question. There for is Nolan. a video game sh- called No Time to Explain, and that would have been a great transition. No, you would should have, have said, "Now time to dive into gaming <laughs> conversation." <laughs> Fucking no one should That's host okay. this podcast. He gets he has all these sweet transitions and metaphors and jokes and puns. I got nothing. Um, I have a question for you, Nolan. What up? Since we last talked on the, on our last show, we talked about Deathloop yes. for like an hour. Have you played any more Deathloop? I have. Um, I have no idea how close to the end I am, uh, but I, I've played a decent amount more. I haven't played this past week um, because my my brain's taken taken me to other places. Um, but happens. I have played more. Um, uh, kind of similar. Oh, so no, I, I guess I, I was kind of hating on it, right, on the last podcast. I, or not hating, but I was let down, right? I think we had a lot of. Uh, I, I think you were probably the most negative about it. Out of okay. all of us, but so, we, we so, all had we all had criticisms of it. So, I finished so it I last think, night, by the way. I, I saw I saw your tweet uh, that you had finished it, but yeah. So uh, I, I remember I I talked about it, uh, but I forgot I actually talked about it last week um, when Chris Davis and I were streaming um, State of Decay two. Uh, but after a, like a good amount of hours put into it, um, mm-hmm. I started actually enjoying it a bit more. I think the game kind of stumbles uh at the beginning uh kind of trying to get you into the story and understand what's going on i I don't think it has a good it's sensory I think, overload i feel like it is it, it throws on. way too much crap at you and it's just like all of it I, I don't know what's going on and i guess maybe they want you to be confused but here's the, i don't really like being confused when i'm playing a game like i guess if it's it's like like a like a you know oh the story's real weird that's one thing but i like i'm confused by controls and i'm confused by like how i'm supposed to be doing stuff and upgrades and wait infusing now like what is going on like what and so it was just way too much at once um, but I think once I actually kind of started almost to an extent ignoring a bunch of that crap and just exploring the world and shooting dudes and sneaking around and playing, I started enjoying it a lot more. And then I actually kind of started getting into it. I get a lot of the criticisms about kind of the game. Like when when they first kind of started talking about this game, they kind of put it as like, oh, it's a puzzle you have to solve, but you don't solve anything. Uh, it, it's like a puzzle with two pieces and it's like, oh, which piece goes where? Like it's it's like super simple at the end of the day, mainly because there's not really a solution besides the one solution. I mean, um, the, the puzzle of the game is literally explore these environments, find information. When you find information, it logs it and it kind yeah. of puts the puzzle together for you. Correct. Until ultimately, it tells you how to use all those pieces together. Like it literally, which is frustrating. And and, tells you. and like I, I talked about it with Bernadette that I was kind of describing it as the the way I thought the game was going to be was more like uh, Majora's Mask. Like there is a mm-hmm. constant ticking clock, and this guy is going to be standing at this place at eleven thirty. Period. Unless the day before. You do this and intervene, then he's not. That's what I thought it was going to be. But it's not like that at all. Um, It is, you know, the whole like set, you know, four time periods. And like, yes, there is a little bit of you doing something in the morning might affect the afternoon. Um, But the fact that it's just like a single day and like. I mean, you can spend like like six hours in one, you know, or you could spend 24 hours exploring a level if you wanted to. And it would never progress time forward. Correct. Somebody in our discord said this, and I don't know who it was, so I apologize, but. I saw somebody describe it as a glorified level select, which is what it ultimately is. Um, Because, like, the time, the loop of it, 
doesn't ultimately feel very significant because it's so tightly controlled by the game itself. It's so like you pick a you pick a day a, a place and a, a time of day, you explore it however you want, and then you leave the level. If you die, you just have to start the day over. But like it just does a whole same thing over again, where you have to pick a pick a, a place to go in the morning, pick a place to go in the, at noon, and all this stuff, um, as opposed to just and and I, like what you described a minute ago about like this person would be standing here at this time of day makes sense but then you when i start to think about like the complexity of trying to make that work especially when everyone in the environment kind of like breaks off of their path pathways like when you like if you fire your gun and they hear it they'll wander off of their path uh you might kill someone you know it it, it feels there's like so many different moving pieces it'd be really hard to kind of not necessarily because actually because you know uh, bernadette and i uh for the past i don't know how long six seven months uh, we walk the dogs every morning uh, and it's about like a half hour walk. And so we obviously talk about stuff a lot. And obviously, you know, if I'm playing a game, I will talk to her about that game. And when I started saying that, she was like, you know, that kind of sounds like what you're wanting it to be is almost like Hitman. And that's a good point. Like in Hitman, every AI, they walk from here to here to here to here unless something happens that will divert them from their path. And that's yeah. what I kind of thought this was going to be. And while there is a little bit of that, it's just the fact that it is so tightly limited to a single area at a single time of day um, yeah. it just makes it feel less impactful because i, I don't know it, it, it just feels I, I don't want to say all of the ai are meaningless uh, but they kind of are the the only characters in this world that really matter are the um, what are they called the visionaries the the visionaries they're the only yeah. ones that matter everyone else is there's point they're pointless they are cannon fodder they are, there's no reason for them to exist i, I still like what i still like what crispy pointed out the first time we talked about this was, is that like the the fodder as you say are just like a bunch of drunk idiots <laughs> like like they're yeah. all there just because they want to they want to like drink and smoke and fuck and do all this stuff and and kill themselves over and over again because they know they can reload and they just they that's the way they act uh sure so, like, thematically speaking, I really like that aspect of it. But, like, the visionaries um, are are really, like you said, all that really matter. Um, and there were very few instances. Like, there were so many moments where I thought the game was, like, setting up something cool to happen. Um, that would be kind of, like, dishonored. Where I would, like, open up myself to an, an opportunity that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And when that opportunity came, it ended up feeling flat. I feel like, and I don't, yeah, I don't know there's... how else to describe that, especially without spoiling stuff. Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's fairly known out there, and you could probably bleep this if you want, but I think it's fairly known out there that there is only one set way with this game to oh. actually break the loop. Yeah, so and, and that's kind of the, one of the things I wanted to bring up because I finished it last night, um, and I was waiting. It's one of those games where, like Nolan, you said at any given time, it's kind of hard to tell how much long like how much you have left mm-hmm. um because of the nature of the way the game works and then at some point it was like i have all these pieces right i've uh, the whole i spent all this time exploring the world finding all these pieces and i thought at the end it was going to be like okay you have all the pieces boom 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 now figure out how to string them together but it doesn't do that it literally just strings them together for you and says go do this and so so at the at the point where it's like time to finish the game i literally knew exactly what actions had to be taken at what days in what places and i guess something about that is 
satisfying, but it was certainly not satisfying in the way I was hoping it would be. It, it it's um, satisfying. If, it, it would be more satisfying if that was one way to do it. If that was like exactly, the optimal yeah. way to do it. But if you had the freedom to just go about it however you pleased, that would be a whole other story. And I think this I, game I think would be a lot better for it. I think that's a pretty big distinction. Um, I, I do want to say, I think, I just think this is a great game. And I think, especially if you're enjoying it more now, Nolan, I, I do, you should try and finish it. It's it's a great game. I think looking back on it now that I've, I've played it, and I think about Arcane's like, history and or my history with playing Arcane games, I'm, I, I'm like... I don't think I can. I don't think I can say that I like this more than Dishonored, or I like this more than Prey. Um, but it's also another like a roadmark in their trajectory, I guess. That's like really interesting. Just in the same interesting in the same way that Dishonored is interesting because it was unique and uh, open and and fun. But like, I I feel like they tried something really new and really interesting, and it didn't quite land the way that dishonored or prey did for sure um although i hear a lot of people recommending like if you feel kind of burned by this in the end go back and play moon crash pray moon crash yeah which honestly i know chris davis has said that a few times brad said it a couple times i was always kind of under the impression that moon crash was like some kind of like quick like oh, side no. thing no, no uh moon crash is like a more sim version of death loop because you're you're See, going that's... through you're going through this this moon base as four different characters, and everything you do between experiencing these characters' perspectives carries over, and you're slowly learning cool. more about the world and things like that. So and and the world is honestly, you know, I love the world of prey. I love the world of dishonored. And maybe this is I heard I've heard people on other like an, I heard someone on another podcast say that like. The world of Dishonored never clicked with them, and they, they didn't like it. But Ark, but Deathloop totally jived with them as far as like kind of like the '60s party vibe and stuff. And uh, you know, to each their own. I think I had the exact opposite reaction. Like I loved the whale punk or whatever <laughs> they're calling Dishonored, um, and I, I loved the the feel of prey and whatnot. And this just doesn't feel quite as exciting to me. But still had some amazing moments. My uh. I think the invasions are like my favorite part of this game. My, yeah. I, I, I had my final invasion last night where I was going to do the break, the, like do the final like run, and I ended up in like a thirty-five minute battle of wills with this one person, and it was just kind of like who is going to get lose their patience first? We were both, and it turned into this like game of cat and mouse where it's like first we were trying to snipe each other and like move around and find sniping positions, and then it turned into okay because I was using. Um, ether ether i think the one that makes you invisible mm -hmm. and they yeah. were using havoc and it was just like we were trying to use our powers in different ways to try and overpower each other and then it turned into a game of like who can lure someone into a trap with like mines and stuff and then it and then it just devo de devolved into this like okay fine fuck it and we just went into it like went into the party area and and up dumb and just fucking had a huge gunfight just running in circles around each other like trying to blow each other away with shotguns uh while like all these people were coming rushing out of the party because of our gunfight and it just it was utter chaos but it was so good just like 30 minutes of trying to take this guy down and i fucking i, I got him and like nice. when i did that it was like chef's kiss it was so good those are the moments that are super super cool in this game that you don't so, really get in in, in other games so have you started invading other people uh, I dabbled with it early on. I'm probably, I might go back and do that now, but my plate is kind of full. Uh, 
I, I think I, it's I really better love- now that you have context for the entirety of the story. Um, I yeah. think Juliana's story in the invasions plays out much better. Okay, that's good to know. I, I'm I'm gonna try and find some time to do that because it is really cool. It's a really cool feature, um, and I can de- I can definitely tell like at later in the game I was going up against Juliana's that like they they definitely know this environment better yeah. than I do. I feel like they've they've probably already finished the game and they're 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 just sharper at the game than I am at this point. So it'd be cool to go back and do it. But yeah, I just wanted to bring it back up and mention it because we we were it sounded like we were super critical of it last time and and we were, but I think there's still a lot to enjoy here because you know it's arcane they make really good games i'm really eager to see what this fucking redfall it ultimately ends up being uh almost purely because it's arcane so if anybody can make that kind of game really interesting i th- i feel like it'd be arcane um do okay where do we want to go for, uh chris davis you had a you had a few things you wanted to talk about tonight why don't you just pick one and pick one and go Okay, um, well, I'll go with uh, the Nolan game I wanted to talk about called Heroes Hour. Ah, mm-hmm. yes. Tw- uh, right, are you rolling footage of this, by the way? Yep, I've got footage. I'm going to make sure, because I wanted to make sure I watch it. So I'm going to warn you, this is a game for ants. Um, it oh, is, my God. Yeah, it Holy is a shit. very squint and kind of look at it thing. Um, oh. This is a... This is somewhere between a civilization style 4X uh game. Oh my god, can you read that font? <laughs> uh yeah, I mean you can read it, but like again, this is like 720p shrunk down. It's it's kind of hard to read yeah. right now. It's somewhere between civilization and kind of mountain blade. Um the idea is that you are a uh you are a uh just a nation and you're trying to conquer the map. That's it. There's no real story behind it. Um, it's but you're, just but you're you conquering and, the map using what kind of, like in what using, sense? Using an army that you build. This is a military conquest game. There is nothing else you can do but military conquest. Um, and mm. you're, what you, the core loop of the game is you will spend days building up your army and then you send them out to, to conquer enemies, collect resources, and then go attack other uh, NPCs' armies. And that's it. So, um, it's, so it's, I saw real quick. I saw um, you had a bunch of icons on this map, and then all of a sudden they all kind of exploded into units. Okay, so and the, the game is other. composed of two phases. The first phase is you are on the main overworld map, and you're just taking your your army around with your hero, and you're you're going and collecting resources and slowly building your army. The second part is when you go into battle, which is what you're seeing right now. Um. And when you go into battle, you have all your units. And it, when you spawn in, you have uh, an icon for each one of your units and a number showing how many of those units you have. Okay, um, that, you so that's what I was seeing. It, yeah. So at some point they activated and, they, and all those numbers, all those units that were represented by that number became like... So it's, they, like they, it's almost like Advanced Wars, but instead of having like a tiny icon with a number and then it zooms into battle, instead of it zooming in, they kind of spread out. Yeah, they yeah. kind of es- explode yeah. out. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually very satisfying to you know have like one unit, but like there's 130 of them, and then you press start battle and just boof, they're all over there. Watching, watching them all go to town. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, this game is a uh, very heavy on like uh, stats and RPG elements to it, um, mm-hmm. where you can level up your hero and their skill trees and 
uh, bonuses you can uh, put towards your army. But the, really, the core loop of the of the combat is that you place your units, you press start battle, and they go auto battle themselves. They they're entirely mm-hmm. their own AI. Um, you gotcha. can order them to defend or attack. Uh, you could summon reinforcements and then cast spells. And generally, you can give them uh, groups of units direction of where to go. But other than that, mm-hmm. it's just full a full on auto battler. Gotcha. Um, and it, most of these battles last you maybe a minute or two. Are you playing this on PC or Switch or what? This is, is PC. PC, okay. It's only available on PC right now. And yeah, I don't that would make sense. To... I don't. This doesn't look like it would translate very well to a Switch. <laughs> no, no, this is this is not a handheld uh, safe game. Uh, but it's it's cool how you how many uh, AI like uh, army guys you can collect, um, and just the variety they're in. There is a lot to find. Like in one mm-hmm. arm in in this gameplay, um, this is this is all very late games. What I'm showing here, yeah. Uh, but I, I've got a I've got an army. Uh, there there's ten factions. I'm the army of the forest, um, and as the forest, I've got uh, access to like forest elemental creatures. But I can also conquer other regions and get different types of units. So my I start out with like like a like a fairy army. Um, and when those when they die, they become spirits, and you can uh, collect spirits from enemies as well when you kill them. And then I've got these kind of like wolf things I, I can use. And when uh, what when they see one of their fellow units die, they become buffed up and enraged, and they uh, become harder to kill. And gotcha. and the effect and so does it, stack. And that's just an example of units that are specific to that faction. Like yeah, that's, that's just an example of that. Okay. I've also got like tree ants and uh, like goblins and like anything, any fantasy creature you can possibly imagine is probably in this game. I've got I've got armies of Lizmen. I've got liches. I've got Nosferatu. I've I get I get attacked regularly by lion gods and whoa, griffins whoa, whoa, and you, anything you can imagine. Really, is you have here. armies of Nosferatus. Yeah, I've got I've got Nosferatu. Uh, they they are higher level enemies or uh, higher level uh, you know spawns. Units. Yeah, they're high, They have they have a higher uh, power cost to deploy into battle. Um, but they're they move really fast and they're really good at kind of flanking enemies at once. Um, because they turn into bats and they kind of jump all around the map. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. No, there's every single unit type has some kind of unique aspect to it. They'll, they'll be ranged, they'll be melee-focused, um, and they'll all kind of have their own special powers. And then on top of that, you can upgrade your characters with, like, necromancy. So when you when you finish a battle, you can uh, summon the spirits of those and, and carve them into other creatures. Uh, it's just... It's, it's really surprisingly how deep and intricate it is to build out your army. Um, that's pretty cool. I, this looks. This does look like a Nolan game. <laughs> yeah, there's there's fun, there's though. tons. Like it's it's so hard to describe what's going on in a battle right now. But like my well, units are just going chaos. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's relevant what's going on as long as you're winning. Yeah, you know, as long yeah. as you're winning, <laughs> basically. Yeah, the bar at the top of the screen actually tells you uh, your progress in the map. Okay, um, I was about to say, is there any way to like quickly look at the screen and t- and t- and tell in that exact moment where you stand as far as vic- as far as victory goes? Yeah, but it's that bar at the top. Okay, yeah, makes sense. There's there's summons you can do 
Uh, that's actually pretty cool. Uh, one of the summons I like to use is a uh, I summon Eldritch Horrors onto the map. Um, and I'm they're kind of like just like beholder things. And when they spawn in, there's actually some right there right now in the upper right hand corner. I'm um, sorry. Wait, 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 real quick. Eldritch. Eldritch Horrors. They're just called the horror. Horror. Horrors. Yes. Yeah. Horrors. Not, okay. not, not W horror. Okay. Yeah, no. I know. I was, I had, I had to do a double take. Okay. Just, yeah. just make it sure. Yeah. When Continue. you spawn them in, uh, they will instantly freeze a bunch of enemies around them in fear and they're disabled for the rest of the fight. And then they go and attack other enemies. Uh, I guess just the combinations you can do and the armies you can build is surprisingly fun. Uh, so out, out of curiosity, does the whole game take place in the Mushroom Kingdom? <laughs> so this, this is the like, art style? Looks like Mario, this looks like Super Mario World. I mean, I think there is some inspiration in there, especially with some of the dungeon areas and the, and the places mm-hmm. you can go things. Like, you can go all over them. It's not just like the armies and the enclaves you can like uh, up, uh, find that are just generated and interesting. Like the, the mm-hmm. fucking locations you can go to, like a, a witch's tower where she could potentially give you a wish or actually curse you. Or you'll go over to a, an ore mine, which is being guarded by a, a griffin um, or an ore so much variety as to how they generate these maps and again this is procedurally generated this entire thing um when you so you'll select um, a map type and it will give you like an a kind of a general layout as to uh where you will be in the map but like that's it the rest of it is is just fully generated so with it being procedurally generated and you mentioning you already kind of late game of this footage, uh, is this a game where you do like multiple campaigns or you're only meant to play it once? Like you, how you long can, is a, they how really long does it take you to maybe conquer the world? Uh, I mean, this playthrough was about six hours. Okay. Uh, and this, but this was a playthrough against two primary armies um, but, and then several so, neutral armies. So my my next question was like because I, I think you had might maybe mentioned earlier choosing like the tree people or whatever. My assumption is is if you beat the game and then restart, you can choose like a different faction and it kind of changes oh, yeah. how things go. Or yeah, yeah. I, I, I was the I was the army of the forest. There are ten there are ten factions, I believe. Uh, oh, there's wow. like but, an undead you, faction. There's there's a but human when you faction. pick a faction, are, are you kind of with that faction for the duration of that game for that playthrough? Is uh to to start you are. So like like right here is my original starting uh spawning location uh where mm-hmm. I get Your my tree, tree ants and everything. Um but if I conquer more territory and I conquer other towns, um you can get access to the other enclaves. Mm-hmm. So I I've I've got on the other side of the map for example a, a Liz person enclave. And Liz then person. I know there's there's like a uh, there's a human enclave to the north and there's there's a bunch um, it's like a, it's like a Liz has, Lemon, Nick. <laughs> nice. And each I get of them that joke will now. have the same like basic structure of buildings you can build in your town. Um, but the contents of the the units you can spawn from those uh, are based on the enclave you choose. Gotcha. That's cool. So yeah, there, there's my there's my uh, Liz uh, lizard people uh, temple. Um, and that's where I'm spawning a bunch of uh, lizard beast army guys. Scalies, I guess. Scalies, I like I like that one. Yeah, there's that's there's cool. a and lot to like 
discovering this game. I I can picture this game easily being 100 hours if you really want to explore like everything the game has to offer. And this game is still in development. This is only version 1.6. It came out earlier this year. Um, they said that they are uh, redesigning the uh, the audio because it's very kind of like 16 and, and 8-bit kind of like audio design. Uh, a lot of synth stuff. But they're also foc- uh, focusing a lot of their work on a uh, single-player campaign. So introducing like a, a, a story to it. Um, yeah, because so right now it's just basically just very mechanically driven. Just you have one very clear objective, not really much to like give it context or anything like that. Yeah. There's there's not so much a a story right now, but they're working on that, uh, and you cool. can you can really get the the foundation of like what they could do with that based on just how much stuff is in this fucking game. Like, just out of curious, I'm just walking okay. past a temple right there, a a cloud temple, and what I can do is I can wish for either peace or war when I go there. And if I wish for war, I immediately go to war with every single faction in the entire game. Mm. Or I can wish for peace, and I immediately go for peace with the entire every single faction. Interesting. Why would you ever... Okay, yep. I'm sure there's a reason. Real quick. <laughs> um, what? Uh, just out of curiosity, what, what turned you on to this game? It seems this, this seemed kind of like out of left field. I hadn't heard anybody talk about it. I saw a trailer, um, and uh, it looked really interesting. And so I went to. It's only available on itch.io right now. It's going to be on uh, Steam probably later this year. Gotcha. Uh, and that was their their Steam trailer to announce it's gotcha. coming. Yeah, people listening to this are probably like, "I'm going to go check this out," and just can't find it. So I'm glad you mentioned it was on itch.io. Um, and again, yeah. that's called Heroes Heroes Hour. Heroes Hour. Heroes Hour. It's it's a little bit of a generic name. But it's a surprisingly fun little diversion. Cool. Uh, all right, let's uh, switch gears. Nolan, you had a you had a surprising game on the dock today. Tell, tell Did us, I? Tell us about that. Based on your background that you chose for today's tonight's show, you've been playing yep. some Metal Gear Solid Two. Uh, that's correct. Yep. Which version? Uh, the HD edition. Uh, so the release. I, I do. I do. I do own. Um, the OG. I want to say I think I own the substance. Had you had you played uh, the HD or the HD version before? Uh, yes, once uh, per my save file uh, in 2013. Oh, um, wow. so that so <laughs> wait, did you just not pick too up long the save after... file and keep going? Uh, so, no, I didn't. I I, I restarted um, a, a fresh save file uh, because you know one of the things I kind of gotten an itch uh, to play the game. Uh, some of the old school. I, I honestly, so it all started. I wanted to play Metal Gear Solid Four because I'd not played that in a very long time. Right. Uh, and I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna play Metal Gear Solid Four, let me kind of do a little bit more with the older games because when I originally played the OG Metal Gear games, I never really did too much of the side content. Yeah, uh, that they they had to offer the VR missions and stuff like that. And I was like, I kind of want to check some of those out because I've always heard good things. And actually, this is what you're seeing here. This is what I'm doing. I'm doing one of the the more uh, I think this is an alternate mission is what it's called. Yes. Um, or this might be the bomb disposal, but I think that's part of the alternate missions. Uh, but anyway, um, the point of those is oh, you know, you have to uh, the d- d- um, 
disable all the bombs. Um, but on this one, the bombs are actually attached to guards. Mm-hmm. So if you oh. knock out a guard, it blows up and you lose. Um, and so you have to be very careful about how you approach the situation. So you can't just knock them out. You have to first disable the bomb and then knock them out or whatever. Um, but I, I didn't realize how in depth a lot of those alternate missions and the kind of the, some of the, the VR missions got. Now I will say I fucking hate, uh, the 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 shooting based VR missions, the ones that are just like for, like first person. Oh, handgun, shoot all this stuff, blah blah blah. Those yeah. ones are bad, mainly because that's not really what this game was designed for. No, um, uh. and, and so I did a bunch of them just so I could you know say I did kind of type deal. Uh, not really worrying about like how I was you know doing on them, just trying to you know do them so I could say I did kind of type deal. Uh, but right. some of these more alternate missions that are a little more kind of out there i've been i've been enjoying uh some of them are just like photography missions where it's like find this object in the environment and take a photo of it um that get a little more in depth too like one of them is like oh a photo of this guard in this weird position and so you have to make him get into that position and if you take a photo before then you uh uh, you immediately lose so stuff like that but there's just like a bunch of like fun ones there are definitely like i said some annoying ones uh one where like meryl's like knocked out in the middle of the ground and you have to protect her from guards like running at her but the problem is is you're like super far away on like a a platform just like sniper rifle it's obviously when you're looking at that sniper rifle you're super zoomed in and you can only see like you know a 20th of the screen and there's just like you know like 20 guards running around and you have and they keep hiding behind things and they don't just hide behind them for a second they'll hide behind them for like five six seven seconds uh, and so it's very easy to miss and do that one was just like, oh, that was making me so mad. Uh, but some of the other ones are really fun. Like there's some that are just like straight up like obstacle courses, like get to the end of this thing in this time limit. Um, but there's also like, you know, shit in your way. There are other ones that are, you know, like straight up just first person ones that are, uh, oh, it's like dark. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was having a lot of fun playing it. And obviously just kind of I did replay through the story. OK, that was my, uh, that was my uh, next question. I didn't know if you had actually t- gone through the story as well. Yeah, no. um uh so i the other thing that i'd never done with the these games is i've never collected the dog tags and i was like you know i kind of want to collect some dog tags because oh, i've never man. really done it before uh i think on that save file i looked the one i had completed i had like seven dog tags i think there's like like 200 dog tags in the game it, if i remember correctly doesn't like every soldier on the on the base have N- not every uh most do um but the thing is you actually have to collect different sets on each like difficulty level yeah so like easy has a different set of difficulty level right yeah easy has a different set from normal from you know hard they have like different dog tag sets that's Um, a bitch move (laughs) yeah well so so the thing is so i replayed the game on very easy uh just trying to get you know through the story trying to remember all the stuff i had forgotten i obviously you know i forgot a lot of the details um it took me so I, I saw my original save file from 2013. I think it was like 11 hours, 45 minutes. Played through it on very easy, getting through the story and stuff like that. Um, I think seven hours. I played through it again on easy, skipping the cutscenes, and obviously now remembering how to get around. And I finished it in like three hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> wow. Um, and, and so I, I do. I do feel like I can probably get through um, the next two difficulty levels pretty quick. Um, uh, just because now we know what's going on. Obviously, the, they're you, they're more you, difficult. 
Mm-hmm. Do you get something special for the for the dog tags? I don't yes. remember. Um, and so that actually helps you with the, um, the more difficult levels because the first thing you unlock is the bandana or the wig. The bandana when you're snake, the wig when you're riding, that gives you unlimited ammo. Um, so that's definitely super helpful uh it doesn't count against anything you just as long as it's equipped and you use some sort of like ammo device it it, you don't you don't use any uh, ammo um so uh having fun doing that besides like i said i never really collected them so i never unlocked the bandana or anything like that um but then uh the other thing was that some of the dog tags, like especially on like the tank, are super obnoxious because you have to get them via. If you recall, towards the end of the tanker level where you interact with Metal Gear Ray for the first time, there's a bunch of guards like all standing at attention, listening to a speech or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like there's one guy in the middle that has a dog what? tag, and you have to literally like stand off to the side and shrink every fucking guy around him. So they, they're all unconscious, so they don't see you go and grab him. But then once again, since he's in the middle, you have to grab a row of guys to get to him. Um, and then so the first time I did it, uh, I I think I fucked up when I got him and I accidentally like, OK, so um, these guys are a little bit different that when you hold them up and you're like freeze and they, they, they go uh, still, uh, if you bump into them afterwards, you, they get re-alerted. So I accidentally bumped into him. Fuck. So I have to do it again. Um, and the second time, as I'm going to grab him, I accidentally bump into a, another guard. Uh, you have to do it again. And finally, the third time I was able to get it. But it was just like, oh, my God, it's so annoying. Fucking Kojima, that, man. Uh, dude's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, definitely having fun playing it. I, I'm probably um, going to play through the other two games on the HD collection. Uh, Peace Walker. Only ever played that on the PSP. Um, and then Metal Gear Solid three, um, I, probably the Metal Gear Solid game I played the most of, um, it's a goat. just, yeah, that, that was one of my favorite ones growing up. Uh, and obviously it's been a while since I played it. Um, have you, how much bef- of the variety missions have you done? Um, several, um, I don't know exactly how many, um, but quite, quite a few. I, I have done the, uh, uh, is a like Guardzilla um janola or something like yeah yeah, janola that 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 one um it's it's one of these sneaking missions because there are there are different types so there it's either sneaking and if you get caught you immediately lose there are some that are like hold up missions that it's like oh you just have to hold up the guards um there's something you have to eliminate them but that one um all the guards are like fucking 200 foot guards with spikes on their backs they look like godzilla and they literally like stomp around and then roar um and if if they see you it's game over and there's one point in that level where you're having to scale a building and a guard will like giant guard will like peek in the window and catch you shots of that yeah 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 so i've been doing that Uh, i did that one that one was pretty fun the the Uh, last of those series that i kind of want to go back to yeah it's because it's so fucking wild oh yeah the the last one of each of those variety missions is one of those gauntlet missions where you face waves of enemies yeah 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 and then the last enemy is you have to fight one of those, one of the generics. Yeah, correct. Yep. Um, and each one, as you progress um, and play as the other characters through the variety missions, uh, you know, Raiden and then Snake and then Tuxedo Snake and then MGS1 Snake, um, yeah. they just provide more tougher and tougher scenarios, but also mm-hmm. more, more and more intricate takes on those missions. And uh, yeah. they get pretty fun. 
Yeah. You know, uh, says, w- w- one thing I'll say watching this footage, and I know this is an HD-ified version, but mm-hmm. man, it's I still think it's kind of shocking that these games are on the PS2. Like, holy crap, oh, yeah. they look... They look good. Like, I mean, this is HD, obviously, but like, it's still, it looked pretty sharp on the PS2, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Like, this is, it's, it's impressive what they were able to pull off with that tech. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. For sure. Are you, did you, are you did eventually you... going to, go ahead. I was just going to ask if he was eventually going to play four again, because that's how this all started yeah. to begin with. Uh, I, I'm going to, um, uh, and then I'm going to, I'm going to play five afterwards. That one's probably going to be much more of a bitch than all the rest of them. Just cause I know that one is the scale wise. Yeah. Like I said, like I was able to beat Metal Gear Solid two, my second time through in three hours. I'm not going to finish Metal Gear Solid five in three hours. No. Um, that one's a beast of a game. Uh, but yeah, that, that's my plan. It's just, I've just kind of been in that mood and who knows, maybe I won't finish. Uh, maybe something will come along that'll, that'll kind of, uh, uh, distract distract me away from it but that's the the plan as of now um you know this is has kind of one of been one of my favorite franchises and one of my most you know some of my most fondest memories growing up so uh, i sure, kind of just sure. wanted to get back into them well these um, are all these are all games that i haven't played in quite some time either and i do love the series and watching this footage of two makes me want to go back and and play me four is actually one of the games i remember so little about I remember, like, the th- every time I think of that game, I think of the the Shadow Moses of course. Se- sequence. Yeah. And that's, like, the only thing I remember from that game. And it's like, what the fuck? So much other stuff happened in that game, but I don't remember it. Yeah, so, you you didn't get the Sunlight Gun, did you? Or the Tanegashima? Oh, yeah. Man, Kojima's a, cra- a fucking crazy person. Oh, like, yeah, he is. Yeah. There's so much weird shit in these games, and I love it. Yeah. Um, um, dude, I was ever- actually... Is, is... Sorry, go ahead, Chris Davis. I was going to say, if you ever get the chance... Um, go black. Go back and play Metal Gear Solid VR missions, the original VR missions game. Mm. Um, mm. They have a lot of fun with how they make those missions, and then it also has a variety mode. Um, and one of the one of the cool sets of variety modes is it's a murder mystery. So mm. there's like a guard that's murdered, and you've got a lineup, and you have to figure out which suspect actually did it. Huh. Uh, that's pretty cool. Oh, and I then like there that. were three dedicated missions in which you actually play as a cyborg ninja. Um, so you've got like his. Oh, I, I remember that. I remember. Yeah, he, I remember hearing about that back in the day when it, when it first came out. Or yeah, and it's so it fucking good. Oh yeah. man, I would. I, I I I ordered a new copy so I could play it again. Recently? Uh, oh, is, of, or is this missions? part of your of of the original VR missions? Yeah, the original disc. Is is this part of your quest to go back and buy a bunch of older older games? Yeah. Um, gotcha. for some reason I found my disc missing and I can't find mm. out. I couldn't figure out where it was. So I just, went we all have those copies. when we go to, to find something we're like, wait a second, yeah. did I lend this to someone and, <laughs> and never get it's, it back? It's gone. Um, Son of a bitch. So, I the one thing I did, qu- oh, we'll before we do, I, I, cause the, I did happen to, you know, just kind of while I was kind of getting into metal gear mood, I was kind of looking up some stuff about metal gear. And, um, I did see one thing with, uh, you know, Kojima, we talk about him being crazy and doing some weird ass stuff. Uh, apparently in the development of three, uh, one of the, the his team members, obviously Kojima doesn't do everything. Um, so one of the people who was developing, doing character development was like, yeah, the fear. And if you were the fear, he's the guy that's like in the forest that kind of camouflages mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. He's like, yeah. So my idea for him is he walks around on all fours and he licks up bird poop. And Kojima was like, <laughs> hmm, No. <laughs> <laughs> and so so obviously kojima has a limit as well <laughs> uh, and, and thank god wow 
Yeah. Who would have thunk that that would be the line? Somebody somebody was like, "We'll find the line with Kojima. We just gotta. Yeah. We really gotta push for it." That being said, based funny. on Death Stranding, I think he's getting really close to that line. I I feel like if that had been the case, it wouldn't have surprised me. Like I would have been like, "Oh yeah, this is just Kojima. That's what it, that's what he does." Um. All right. Uh. So I wasn't honestly planning on talking about this tonight, and I and I didn't end up having time to capture footage of it. I will do the. I will bring footage next week and go into more detail. But I have played about three hours or so of Far Cry 6. Uh, and the reason I wanted to bring it up tonight uh, is because before I get too deep into it and I'm just like thinking about it and like with all this like baggage and everything that that comes with the series, I just wanted to get some really quick first impressions kind of out of the way because there's a few things right out of the gate that I've noticed about this game. Um and that I think that I think make it kind of stand out from the games that came before it in some interesting ways, um, like like just right out of the gate too. Like your character, I feel the character that you play as in this game feels like way more of a care like an actual character, a part of the world mm. than it's not a silent than, protagonist. Not a silent protagonist. In fact, you, you can pick male or female. They're she's very chatty. Uh, she's has a lot of history with the island, a lot of history with the characters on the island. You know, and obviously, you know, these stories aren't super deep, but, you know, you're playing as this uh, this person who's been living on this island that's essentially been frozen in time since I think there was a uh, a blockade that was put up in like the 1960s. It's not Cuba. It's not yet. It's 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 Cuba, but it's not Cuba, quote unquote. Yes. Um, So it's been kind of frozen in time. Right. And she in the midst of trying to there's obvious there's this dictator who is now uh gus you know from breaking bad who's trying to kind of uh he's basically going around the island and taking people as slaves and using them to work these fields and you know he's a dictator right so you're trying to at the beginning you're like trying to flee the island and then you kind of get sucked into this guerrilla warfare uh uh group and it just becomes about trying to take back the island from the dictator right very far cry-esque but like your your character has history of the characters and and you feel like she's part of the island and and you can you can see right at the beginning that like she's so focused on like i'm gonna i'm gonna get off this fucking island and get to get to get to the mainland and well you play as either a brother or sister right i think i think part of the plot no they're not they're not brother and sister it's literally just you play as the same character and it's either a male or female okay um and i'm i'm playing as a lady uh but she's very she's very talkative she has she has personality uh pretty good personality so far and she's and a lot of the characters that i met have been very fun and very colorful i think this game leads very heavily into i think the things that uh the best entries in the series have have done which is you know lean into the craziness lean into the silliness of it don't Mm -hmm. go too serious uh i mean it has some serious definitely has some serious stuff going on in the story but like kind of four four more than five yeah definitely four more than five for sure um but uh, like right out of the gate, they give you you have they give you a, an animal companion that follows you around everywhere, and that is just part of your 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 uh, you know your repertoire, your tool set. Um, and it's a fucking alligator with a jacket on, uh, named Guapo, and it. Don't forget, he has a huge gold tooth too. Got, yeah, but you can like sick him on people, and he just fucking rips them. Like he grabs onto them, and then, you know you've seen videos where alligators like latch onto something and then start like rolling around. Death roll. 
yeah, yeah. It just does that to people, and it's fantastic. Um, you can ride around on horses and stuff, and like I don't know, it just has a different feel to it. But like, and I and I don't remember how much of this was in because I've kind of I feel like I've blocked a lot of five out of my memory. Um, but a big thing about this game is you can actually holster your weapons and you can walk around kind of freely. You'll get like you'll see, uh, uh you know the the soldiers kind of walk around the island and will be interacting with with people with you know the the inhabitants of the island or whatever but like and they'll give you the stink eye and they'll say stuff to you if you get too close to them but as long as you have your gun holstered they won't really attack you um which is kind of nice uh but you can also like use that to your advantage you can bribe certain guards on the island and they'll tell you like where to like secrets about what you can find on the island and stuff but you have to actually have stuff to give them um they've let you can completely customize the way your character looks like you're finding all kinds of gear like helmets and jackets and pants and they give you stat they tweak your stats um you can only have certain number of weapons it's not like you have like a full repertoire of weapons at your disposal at all times you kind of have to pick and choose what you use and then they have all kinds of modifications and attachments and stuff so you're upgrading these weapons that you choose to focus on so just kind of like right out of the gate it feels to me much more uh alive know, it, just, it feels more alive yeah like it just like the world feels more alive and like the, one of the first things i noticed first of all i think this game is absolutely gorgeous i'm playing on ps5 but like holy shit it's it looks amazing um but i, I had like this kind of this flashbacks to the way i felt when i first played far cry 2 um and, like the first time i stepped foot in that world which was kind of a, a, a game changer for me it kind of was what turned me on to the franchise in the first place but like you know, uh, it's just the world feels really alive, and it seems much more mechanically deep. At least, at least at this point so far, I don't know how, I don't know how it's going to shake out, but uh, I'm 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 digging it so far. And the only reason I wanted to bring it up tonight was because right out, because you know, there's a lot of baggage that comes with this franchise, and rightfully so. Um, and you know, I I get I have a bit of a, a reputation for like really being a huge fan of Far Cry. And that might be true, but when when it comes right down to it, I feel like I only like highly recommend like maybe two the uh, two or three of the games that have come out in the past, you know, however many the, years. The series years. is is a Far Cry from Perfect. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you, Nolan, for getting that in there. I think um, I acknowledge that. That's what she said. But, you know, I just wanted I just wanted to point out like dude, thank you thank you it's so focused on fun right out of the gate. Like I, it, I've barely even started the game, and they've already given me that fucking crazy like backpack backpack rocket launcher thing. Which basically, when you hit R one and L one at the same time, she just like hunkers down on the ground and fires these like homing missiles out of her back that like target like moving vehicles and it's just and hmm. like there's no there's no real like care about like trying to make that seem realistic in any significant way. It's just like. This is crazy, colorful, over the top world, and we're gonna we're gonna lean into it, and I think it's better for it. Is it is it still the same checkpoint you got to go liberate, and then the same resource grind to you know upgrade and build your stuff? And is it still that uh, same stuff? Well, it's because this is a Far Cry game, so it has a lot of the DNA. But I will say this: there's a lot more cu- right out of the gate. There's a lot more customizable customizable options i've turned off like 90 percent of the hud so like i am not focused i am not running from like waypoint to waypoint or like looking at icons for the most part you you can still see the icons if you open your map 
Um, but you know, yeah, you are taking back checkpoints and, and, and things like that. Um, I think this is maybe the best, so at least so far, it seems like the best those things have ever been, but like the grind of this game doesn't seem to be about like hunting for animals to finding skins to like make that will allow you to make like a bigger wallet or whatever. It's more Mm -hmm. about finding materials that you can trade with, with, with people in towns, which will then let you build and up build attachments for all of your weapons like you open up a you go to the workbench and you <gasps> that open just up sounds weapons. like upgrades with extra steps yeah uh <laughs> i mean but like, i mean it but sounds like yeah, the grind that's... is worse <laughs> but i mean like, no, but but here's here's the here's a serious question what exactly i mean the grind that you mentioned is the game it is the mechanic it is like what exactly if they don't do those things it's literally just a game where they put a gun in your hand and you just shoot everything and there's no there's like nothing to it right so like yeah what is, is this the division what 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 would you have them do what would you have them do i guess to make you know like you know and you know for some people they're just they're they're never going to be happy with it and that's you know fine i mean it's it maybe it's not, it's not a game for everyone but like it is definitely a far cry game for sure, that is unmistakable. But like y- y- the fact that I'm having to to pick and choose the weapons that I'm that I'm going out into the field with, and then focusing my time trying to make those weapons better, just seems more interesting to me from a mechanical standpoint. Uh, but like you yeah, know, yeah. You're, you're right. At the the uh, the underpinnings of the game are still very much to, far cry. So don't get this me wrong, is, Nick. I, I was I was being a little. I was kind of. You razzing you up. That that was one. I honestly, that's kind of been one of my things that I like that in games. I do like the whole kind of collecting. Like I can't just, oh, you know, get some money and buy a bigger, you know, holster or, or bigger mm-hmm. like weapons pouch or something. I do like the fact that it's like, oh, I need to go and find, you know, like five boar skins. So let me go hunt some boar or something like that. And and yeah, I mean, I, I guess the only difference here is that instead of just finding five and then crafting something, you find them and go and trade them to some dealer so i guess to an extent it's i guess more realistic um, i think I, I think i mean honestly i'm gonna i'm obviously gonna keep playing it and i'm this time next week i should have a much better idea of like how like what the grind actually is and like what the reward for that grind actually is because it seems like there's a lot more room here for rewards to mean something because like i open up there's like you know however many different you know machine guns that you can you can equip and when you open up each one of those they have different pieces of the gun that can be modified in any number of ways like different scopes different sights different uh secondary fires things like that so it's kind of like you're customizing your weapons set but like i'm still too early to really tell how much different that that makes the experience um so like like I said, I'll bring it up again next week and I'll have more to more to say about okay. it. I just I I do think obviously, especially coming off of 5, I feel like you know, a lot of people, you know, were maybe done with the series and that's totally welcome. I was not a big fan of 5. We know Chris Davis hates 5. Yeah, um, there's there's this is an art you don't have to try to pitch this to me cuz it's not going to work. There's nothing you could say that will make me ever play a Far Cry game ever again. Um, and that's fair. That is yeah. totally fair. But I, um, I am genuinely but, but I will say curious this. to find out if they fix like some of the absolute shit things they did in Far Cry Five, as as far as like mission structure and story. I well, I can tell you this: I, nothing that I've seen so far indicates that. I mean, there were some very obvious missteps with the way they handled story missions in Five 
that it does not seem like uh, have been repeated here in any shape or form. Like, it, it, I think I think it's very clear to them what was popular and what wasn't. Um, and, you know, very much like the same way that Assassin's Creed kind of like responded to the way people responded to previous games, how it kind of like slowly evolved. But like the series, like that series, oh, that series specifically went through a very obvious transition at one point in this and i don't think far cry has had that moment yet and maybe it well, doesn't need it i don't think it needs it but i mean i i don't i i'm of the opinion if they never make a far cry game again i'll be fine i don't really care but as well, long there, as they're gonna make it there's already rumors it. going around about what the next far cry is and it's definitely not something you're gonna be happy about well, well not, now i'm curious first of all they're, are these like rumors based on anything uh or are these the, there there were reports out there that are i guess mixed confirmation but what okay. what the suggestions are and i'll just come straight out with it is that there's it looks like far cry 7 if it is a numbered far cry um is going to be a fully online co-op experience mm mm so what's yeah. the problem with that i mean it sounds it's good just, to me it's I just mean, not my thing. It's not my thing, but, you know, not to say I wouldn't play it if it looks cool, but, like, if that's, like, the only thing they're going to use, like, if it's going to just look like Far Cry 6, but be, uh, like, an open world online thing, like, I don't think that's enough for me. But whatever. We're kind of getting into the weeds on, like, the future of Far Cry. Yeah. I am in, and I don't even know how I feel about this game truly yet. Um, I just know, uh, I consider Far Cry to be kind of comfort foody for me, obviously. It's just... You know, it's when it's they do, a it's a it's a summer popcorn blockbuster. Yeah, and, that's and, what it is. And when they when it when they do it well, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Uh, I feel like Far Cry Five did not do that for me, which sucks because I thought Far Cry Five had a lot of potential to do some to say interesting things, to do interesting things, uh, set it to set itself apart for the series, but it didn't. It kind of flopped on all those fronts. So, uh, yeah. you know. I'm hoping six six does it for me. Um, and I hope I'm they. Still, I'm, I'm the kind of person that still says you should play that, Primal. Yeah, I I hope that you can report back next week and, and tell me that Giancarlo Esposito's villain is actually a good villain this time around. A um, good villain, or it was like you mean like an actual? I can say so, this: he's been on screen a few times so far in the story, uh, and he seems he see. I mean, here's but, uh, here's the thing. I fully expect them to fumble whatever like commentary they're trying to make here. They always do. No, um, I mean that's but, not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like something that's more than a one note villain or something that's actually cleverer than they put him out to. Like I again, I think Pagan Men is like the highlight for this franchise's villains. Sure, because they they do interesting things. Fair enough. Them. I'm gonna um, tell you this though. Uh, uh, I mean, this is an actor that we're all familiar with. He's he's played lots of villains on lots of TV shows, lots of movies. What I've seen so far, he is doing that that thing that we we know and love him for. Yeah. Um, but he is he playing like the same villain, the same villain he's always played though. Mm, I think it's too early for me to say to, to tell. So I will report okay. back on that. I think honestly, the most interesting thing from a story perspective so far that I'm seeing, and this was in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler or anything, but like the relationship he has with his son 
who at the beginning of the game is trying to escape the island and then like you get dragged back into this like if you ever if you saw the scene that played out i think they showed it at e3 i think on the boat it's yeah. literally that kid is trying to escape the island so he stows away on this boat and then he comes onto the boat and takes him off it and then kills everybody and that's kind of how you get thrust into this and you decide to actually join the fight um so like there's something going on between him and his son and i don't know where it's going and that's what i'm the most that's what i am the most interested to see but yeah he he is a very command he has a very commanding presence and he seems like a very you know i when he does his villain thing i like it a lot so i'll ask me again in a week or two when i've had a chance to really see more of that that character stuff evolve um but okay. so far, you know, I, I think the highlights of what I wanted to point out specifically were that the character that you're playing as feels way more like a character. Seems way more ingrained in the world. The world feels alive. A lot of the documents and stuff that you're finding are, are, are interesting because they're, they're specifically talking, they're coming at you from the perspective of someone who is uh, uh, trying to stand up to an oppressive regime, right? Like, there's, there's this one uh, journal I found where someone with was talking about how like they're they're a traitor they have been labeled a traitor and they're proud of it because you know that's the only thing that they feel that they can do in this situation and once they've accepted the fact that they're a traitor then like it doesn't bother them anymore and it's just like you know i feel like you don't really get a lot of that like depth i guess from the characters or from the story and some of the other ones but again don't know if it's going to deliver probably not going to but I'm into it so far, so I will report back in a couple weeks. I'll have some footage to roll when I actually do. Um, okay. Speaking of, did you actually happen to get the footage for Kena? K- yeah, Kena? I've got Kena, Kena ready. You can roll it, I guess. Just real quick <laughs> update since I recorded that. Uh, okay. I finished it. Actually, you know, I don't even know if I, I don't even know what I want to say about it. I finished Kena: Bridge of Spirits, and let me tell you, that game's hard as fuck. Well, you played on hard. I played on hard, but you know what? You brought this on yourself. I did bring it on myself. That game was giving me straight up flashbacks to Sekiro, man. I was doing boss fights like 20, 25 times in a row before I finally took it down. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting that game to be like super easy and breezy, and it totally turned out to not be that yeah prince of the universe is the one that told me to play on hard and i did i'm never doing that again when that man says play on hard i go the other direction okay i was gonna um, ask are you gonna are you gonna listen to what i prince mean says or just play on hard ever again okay i mean he, i mean here's the thing honestly i i don't i was listening to someone else talk about kana um on another podcast and there was no mention at all of the game being difficult they well, were just is like it kena this, or kana i think it's kana okay they say it in the game, and I've, I, I'm pretty sure it's Kana. Um, but yeah, l- like I said, I just I, I haven't heard anybody else talk about it being hard, which makes me think if I had played it on normal, it would have just because they were talking about it in in these in the, the from the sense of like uh, it see it feels like a like one of these like platformers for, that was kind of tailor made for like kids, <laughs> I guess. I don't know if that's a great way to describe it. Um, when in fact the experience I had was like kind of like baby's first Dark Souls, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I finished it. It's great. It's got a great little story. Uh, it looks absolutely breathtaking. 
It's way more open than I ever would have expected. Like a lot of the areas that you end up going to, because it kind of funnels you into different directions. But when then when you take when you finally get there, it kind of like opens up, and you're ex- exploring these big open environments, and you're looking inside of structures, and you're climbing up cliff walls, and going into these like it's just way bigger and grander than I ever expected. Um, okay. And it has some really dope ass boss fights. I don't even remember what the what the footage I I got was for this game because I recorded it like a week and a half ago. Um, but man, it it certainly it delivers some really interesting uh yeah so this this area i got footage of is just like this big open field that has like quite a lot of shit to find a lot of secrets to find a lot of uh interesting combat scenarios to get into um good soundtrack yeah, they find uh yeah it's a good it's a nice pleasant sound not particularly memorable i would okay. say yeah w- world teller in chat says it reminds me of cameo and i i i think that's something i brought up in the past too it reminds a lot me of, of people have been saying that actually i think that's just because of like it's just bright and vibrant like cameo was and this is harder than cameo and cameo might be you know i think that honestly the comparisons to cameo kind of stop after you get past like the way the game looks because those yeah. these games have two totally different sets of mechanics um but like I don't know, cameo is a very much one puzzle, one solution kind of game. Um, the, right. the one thing it had no variety about beyond it's just character transformation was the fact that it had a very high NPC play, uh, count on screen. Yeah, like there was like yeah. you could and have like five hundred enemies on screen. That was really interesting it was a, at the time. It was very tech demo at the time too. But um, and you know, in some ways, some people might try and say this is a tech demo. I, I certainly think this. I was expecting this to feel more like a tech demo, but this is this is very much a video game ass video game, if you ask me. And it does really cool things with combat that I wasn't expecting, um, and really requires you to be on your toes. There are some tough boss fights, but actually, like three of the boss fights in this game, I would easily say are going to be, you know, contenders for favorite boss fight of the year. Because they're just really cleverly put together and demanding of the player, especially if you're playing on hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, I it, I haven't played it since like two weeks because you know, like I said, I finished it right before we did the last show or right after we did the last show. So and I've moved on and played like three other three or four other things since then. Well, so, but you but you enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, I definitely definitely enjoyed it. Okay. Um, may May I offer a recommendation that's uh, that I think Nolan would agree with me on? sure um if you haven't played it check out the pathless oh no mm. I, yeah I, I started playing the pathless um oh, okay and then i got distracted it's it's on it's on my computer in fact i still think it's installed i just haven't haven't gone back to it yet That's... but yeah I, that is a really cool game mm-hmm. yeah i um recommend it. all right uh chris how many if we have a few other things to, to mention impressions wise so i don't know where you want to go from here Okay. There's a game. There's, I had another game, and I'm probably going to save it for next week. So, okay, whatever y'all want to, wherever y'all want to go. Well, I've got two quick missions, and then a actual impressions. And we'll take a break real quick. Yeah, I was I was thinking like maybe we could do this podcast without a break, but I think we're going to need to take a quick break. Yeah. So why don't we do that now? We'll come back. We'll do a few more impressions and wrap up. Uh, so if you're watching us live, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
to uh, Brad's weekly update. It's a lot more Halloween-y around here. We're going to try something uh, special. He's going to try it with me because I'm not so sure about these. These are Brock's Candy Corns. Turkey dinner, apple pie, and coffee candy corn. <laughs> and if you look closer, it says green beans, roast turkey, cranberry sauce, and stuffing. Which sounds absolutely disgusting. So he's going to help me eat them. Okay. These are candy corns. And after we're done here, maybe I'll send him away and tell you about what I've been playing this week. Um, all right, let's try. We're going to open these up. Okay, buddy. This is candy, but it's going to taste, it's candy that tastes like other things, like turkey or candy that tastes like green beans. Isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's try this. All right, first one. Hey. Do you want to try a, a green bean? Hey. Actually, okay, Henry, don't, don't screw it to the mic, dude. We're doing a video. All right. Here, uh, here, I want you to hold this, buddy. Hold this because if it tastes gross, I want you to spit it out in here. But but eat it if it tastes okay, okay? Hold that. Alright. This one, it's a green bean candy. Yeah. It's a candy corn that tastes like green beans. Here, try it. Try it. Hold it. You gonna try it? it? Tastes like green beans. Is it weird? Yeah. Is it good? Alright. I'll try. I don't want to spit it out because Is it good? No. My drawing is not hard. What? Harry, this is going to go on the podcast. We got to go. Here's a cranberry sauce one. Mmm. It's like some Willy Wonka nonsense. You want another one? I want to make sure I don't give you a coffee one. I don't know if you'll like coffee flavor. Okay. I think this one is turkey dinner. No, that one's coffee. Uh... I don't know what this is. Eat this one and tell me what it tastes like. No, this is coffee. You don't know what coffee is. How's that one? All right, I'm going to try to find a turkey dinner here. I think it might be this one. Or this one might be stuffing. Oh. Oh. It tastes, it tastes like something that shouldn't be a cane. Oh, that's either stuffing or turkey. You want to have another green bean one? Yeah. I'm going to eat your vegetables today. Yeah. Ugh. I'll try a green bean one too. Oh, oh, like, hold on. This is, hmm. Yeah, that's not good. All right, I'll try a green bean one. Oh, how did you eat that green bean one? Oh, my God. This kid doesn't eat candy ever. So to him, it's probably like, it tastes okay. I can't eat any more of these. These are gross. Oh, oh. Mm. I don't eat coffee. Dad needs this coffee. Mm. Okay, buddy, thanks. Were those okay? Yeah. You like those? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to be eating Yay. any more of those. Hey. Yay. Okay. Hey, uh, have you been playing any games lately? No? Yeah. 
Hey, Henry, what are you going to be for Halloween? I don't know. Yeah, you do. You tried on the costume yesterday. What are you going to be? I got be that. Henry, you tried it on. Remember it, you, it blew up? I'm going to try Mario. Okay, Mario, yeah. Well, maybe we'll, uh, in an episode right before Halloween, we'll, we'll have him try on his outfit or something. Anyways, um, that's gross. Ugh. You excited for Metroid? You excited for Metroid this weekend? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to talk to these people. You, you're you screeching into the mic, so I'm going to send you away. You go back to mom, okay? Ugh. And I'm going to tell them what I've been playing. Hi. Go. Go to mom. She's in your room. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. I'm glad he was there because that was awful. All right, how far are we into this? Just five minutes. Uh, let me tell you about what I've been playing. Not a whole hell of a lot, but I did start some new things. I got a tattoo on it. Oh, show me your tattoos. All right, come back, come back. I got this tattoo. Show them. Show got, them your Halloween tattoos. I got my... All right, turn your hand around. Tattoo. How do I turn it around without breaking your... Oh, there it is. You got a bat? What is that? Is it? Oh, it's a witch? What do you got on this hand? A black cat. A black cat. Okay. Hey, Henry, go back to your room and close the door, buddy. Wait, these are my stuff. We're doing a video here. Go. Go. Take all your stuff. I've been playing um, Lost Judgment. I started Lost Judgment the other day. It's like a... Close that door, buddy. Thank you. Um... I've been playing Lost Judgment. It's the new uh, Yakuza spinoff game. Uh, I played through the, that first game a couple of years ago, and I really liked it. And this one, honestly, seems even better. It's like it's like the first one, except it takes place in Yokohama, which was the big city from Yakuza 7. And you have a skateboard. You could skateboard around, although it's, it's kind of slow. But you get better skateboards that are faster. Most importantly, it's like 21 Jump Street. You're going undercover in a school because there's, like, bullying and people, like, you know, like a teacher goes up, you know, missing and then they find him and he's fucking dead. And they're like, who killed this teacher? And it's like, it's these it's these bullies and you beat the shit out of high school kids. Like high school bullies. You just, you're like a 40-year-old man and you're beating the shit out of them. It's kind of crazy. But then you become, like the head of all these clubs and I joined like the dance club and the detective mystery club and the boxing club and, and the robotics club. And, and, and you're like, you're not a student, but you're like the undercover advisor for these clubs. I don't really know, but, um, it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty wild. Um, and there's a, a skate park where you can do tricks. It's very weird, but honestly, I feel like the initial mystery of this game is 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 a little bit more compelling, a little more exciting. I kind of want to see what's going on. Uh, the setup is really cool, and I'm just really enjoying it. Honestly, I think the combat is probably the best it's ever been in Yakuza, just in terms of like controls and how free flowing it is, and how easy it is to like change between stances, stances, and link stuff together. It just feels really good. The new snake stance is really cool. You can, like, pull weapons out of people's hands after a grapple, and it just it just feels good to play Yakuza. Yakuza used to not feel very good to play. It used to be really clunky and awkward, and their heart was always in the right place, but now it actually feels good to beat people up. It's just beat up kids, children in high school. Um, 
Other than that, I caved. I bought the Castlevania Advance Collection. I told myself I wasn't going to do it because I didn't want to play those right now. Because I was, I could just you know pick them up on a sell later down the road. But I caved. I picked it up. I started Circle of the Moon. I've played all these games before. I've all finished all these games before. But um, Aria of Sorrow is probably the real gem of the collection. It's honestly one of the best Castlevania games ever. But don't start with that one because it'll be harder to go back to the others, which are fine, but not as good as Aria. I've been playing Circle of the Moon, which was that first one on, on, on GBA, and it's good, but, like, the controls are really clunky. They have this thing where you walk, like, super fucking slow, and you can dash, but you have to double tap. And you can jump far and high, but you have to double tap jump. So the entire game, you're just mashing on double tap, double tap, and it just feels really clunky and awkward. And I really wish they had gone in there and, and maybe put in a run button or, or, or an auto run to make it way less clunky. But it seems like all the stuff they added, like the rewind feature, the, the, the bestiary, you know, the the monster encyclopedia that has all the drops and stuffs, all, all that stuff is cool, but it's kind of, it's kind of in there on like a, like an outer shell level, but, but it's good. I'm glad that stuff's there. I just wish they kind of went in there and, and, and tweaked some of the actual mechanics. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's pretty much just been those two games. One thing I've been wanting to play, but I'm trying to find a really good time to play, to sit down and play, like, a lot of it without any of these children interrupting me, which is really hard these days, but is the Outer Wilds expansion, the DLC, the free update that came out, which I hear is pretty great and pretty, like, expansive and pretty mind-blowing in the ways that Outer Wilds can be. I love that game, and I really want to find time to kind of play this new <clears throat> this new stuff without being interrupted but i'll get there and um wow this is my longest one yeah this is 10 minutes long it's gonna be a long break on the podcast and eh, they take long breaks anyways anyways y'all have a a good week and a happy halloween i'll be trying more weird stuff this week uh, like i said maybe henry will pop on with his costume it's pretty cool you gotta see it. it's pretty cool and um it's not just mario it's not just mario and um yeah um that's it bye all right welcome back what was your question chris davis i was asking you nick um what uh else you are playing right now what else you're saying that like you're about to squeeze in some jab me for not playing 13 sentinels but i'm gonna go ahead and entertain the notion as anyways uh i'm currently playing tales i'm currently playing tales of arise i played a little bit more of that uh still pretty good i playing i'm playing industria which is one i'm gonna probably save and talk about next week uh when i have a chance to finish it uh i'm playing eastward on my switch I just got Metroid Dread today. Haven't started it, but I'm gonna do that. And uh, and Far Cry Six. Though that that is how that many is, games are you playing at once? Uh, more than I would like. <laughs> so th- there, that's the answer to your question, Chris Davis. Okay. Are you okay. are you going to get to Thirteen Sentinels this year? Yeah. Uh, ooh, I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, hey Nolan, okay. what else? You had a, you said you had a quick mention. What you, what you got? Yeah, just uh, because Bernard and I had been playing uh, Overcooked Two and getting all like the four stars and stuff, and there was a, there was a one evening where I was kind of like, you know, I am not in a mood to be angry. Um, so let's not play these some of these more challenging <laughs> levels. 
and so we ended up starting uh, Sackboy's Big Adventure. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know. I know. I know. And that's why I don't want to talk about it too much. I know Brad talked about it when it first came out because it was one of the OG PS5 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Burnett and I started playing it, and yeah, it is definitely enjoyable uh, to the point where I'm debating, and I understand that Sackboy's Big Adventure is very different from the old school Little Big Planet games. Uh, but maybe potentially going back and playing some of those with Bernadette just so you know we're you know, have fun playing you know kind of couch co op games. Uh, I can't remember. Have you less stressful? Mm-hmm. Have you played It Takes Two yet? Yeah, we 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 finished it. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very familiar with Moon Baboon and very, the Queen. Oh yes, right. I remember having that whole conversation now about that. Yeah, okay. Just blinked. That is that is like one of those games like Robin and I are going to go back to that because that is definitely one I want to sit down and finish for the end of the year. Oh, I yeah. forgot all about Sackboy. But yeah. uh, so far, I mean, it's pretty good. It's not so. Uh, it's not so stressful that it's frustrating. Um, there are definitely some, you know, I guess, challenging aspects to it. But it's also one of those things where it's more of a it's challenging because it's a surprise because each level is unique and all of a sudden some new mechanic or something it's like oh i didn't see that coming and i died so when you either have to restart at a checkpoint or restart the level you usually don't end up dying there and you make it through and also the levels are not like you know 20 minute levels they're like you know less than 10 minutes for the most part there's a couple that get uh, on the long side but uh but yeah yeah we've been easy to play in short bursts and yeah, cool. which we've definitely done, uh, you know, not every night, but several nights over the past, you know, week, whatever. We just play a few levels here and there. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Sweet. It's really uh, unfortunate right, what cause... happened to the Little Big Planet servers. That was really kind of sad. Oh, did they did they turn them? Did they turn them off? They they were forced to shut down all of them. All mm-hmm. of them. Like all the servers are gone. Little Big Planet one through three and Vita is now a single player or co op only experience. And you can't, so you can't even access all those levels nope, anymore. They're gone. Saying. Unless you download oh. them, they're gone. Ooh, shit! That super sucks. Okay, uh, let's move on to something less sucky. Chris Davis, what you said? You had a few things. What 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 you got? Okay, um, I've got a couple quick missions and then an impression. Uh, the quick mentions. Um, I played through both Road ninety six and Unmetal. Hmm. Road ninety six and unknown. All? We both talked about those previously. We I played them during the uh, the the previous Steam Next event back in June. Yeah. Um. So there's there's not much to update other than that. Uh, Unmetal is a uh, a really fun kind of comedy take on the classic Metal Gear games. Not Metal Gear Solid, but Metal Gear. Um. Mm-hmm. Told through like a flashback narrative style that's pretty linear, but just honestly a lot of good little hokey fun. The, the writing is a little kind of, you can tell that the person writing it, English, wasn't their first language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little kind of like heavy-handed and weird as to how it's done, but it's still, it's still a good, fun little jaunt. Um, okay. I do recommend it. Um, they do, the, of all the mechanics, and they, they kind of mm-hmm. let you have a little bit of variety as to playing through chapters and things like that. Uh, but I, yeah, it's a, it's a quite a bit of fun. Uh, and then, uh, road 96 also played through, uh, back in June. Uh, it's just a lot of, that's, well, that's this kind of this year's June. life is strange for me. Like life is strange one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really cool how it's structured as kind of like a 
semi roguelike experience where you're as a, you're a teenager trying to escape uh, your totalitarian country that's about to face a major election that has a mm-hmm. lot of political implications. Um, and you're kind of evolving the conversation of the election and influencing people by having these conversations with a set set of NPC characters as you're slowly going towards uh, the border to escape the country. Yeah, and you're like hitchhiking, right? You're catching rides with people and having these conversations. Isn't that kind of the, the gist of the story? Basically, yeah. And every, every run is different between players. Um, and not so much like you will experience the same events, but like they can play out a little, little bit differently and the order in which you would get them is going to ra- be random between players. Gotcha. Um, but all the, a lot of like these set events that happen with all these characters are really good. Um, some of them are like just you really feel for it, and then there's some that will like that are straight up horror experiences. Um, I, I've, I would really like you to play through this game, Nick. I think you would have know, a, a good time with it. I've kind of had my eye on it, and I, I might... That's one that I might try and find some time for. Um, you know, that's a game maybe unlike Far Cry that I think might ultimately end up handling some of the commentary stuff pretty well. Um, I think it, it does a decent job with the commentary. I think it's a little heavy-handed for what they're trying to go with. But they kind of have to because of how abstract they're they're trying to keep the focus. Um, mm-hmm. Because this is a totalitarian uh, nation that had a terrorist attack ten years previous, um, and there's just a lot of political tension in the air. So um, is, is it set in like a fictional country, or is it like that? Is yeah, that you is... are you are in a fictional country called uh, Pateria, mm-hmm. um, but everyone it's everyone speaks perfect English and. Um, everything's in English and everything. Uh, it's, yeah, there's, there are modern day political references going on as far as tone goes. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, like the, the journey's fun. Uh, the things that could happen and the character encounters are really, I think, pretty well done. Uh, and just, again, some of those, some of those events and things that you do, like they will, they will startle you. All right. All right. I'm, I, I'm into this. I, this is one I'm, I, I think I'm going to end up playing cause it looked cool. I wish I had played the demo during steam next fest, but I didn't, I ran out of time. I could only play so much. There's not enough hours in the day. Yeah. There were, there were um, a ton of demos, uh, but that right. was one of the good ones. Um, so and then the game I wanted to though. talk about tonight. Uh, the other one I want to talk about uh, is some, another kind of Brad Nolan, if I have, may have your attention, please, uh, is uh, it's a pretty good game. Even Carlos, uh, you know, hope you're listening, but hope you're paying attention. This one is called uh, Kaiju Wars. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, you know is. how I am with giant monster movies and stuff like that. I have but no this idea. one is... Uh, it's it's actually pretty cool. Let me let me speed up in the footage real quick. Every, everybody who saw this on the dock had the same reaction. Was like, I don't think that's a real video game. They that thought this like a was a fake ass video game. They um, thought no. Chris Davis was making jokes. This is like a one point five take on uh, Into the Breach. This is a, okay. a 
a an evolved version of Into the Breach. I was it about to a, say this looks this looks like Into the Breach as fuck. Yeah. Um this is basically Into the Breach with deck builder elements built into it. So mm-hmm. you uh you play as the mayor of a mega city with like one a population of 1.2 billion people. Uh, and shortly after you are elected, giant monsters start attacking the city. And each of these 45 missions is a, uh, just a, the next step in a narrative in which monsters keep attacking and you have to counter with the military. Um, it's not so much a, a puzzle element like Into the Breach to where you, act, you automatically know exactly where a monster is going and what they're going to do every single turn. Um, the game gives you a prediction estimate of where the monster is going to go and what they're going to target, but you don't know for certain. Uh, the, your monsters have health bars and speed meters, um, and as you attack and you wear down your health, their health meters, uh, they'll hit certain uh, marks in which they will start moving slower and they will take additional damage and things like that. Um, each monster also tends to have uh, different special abilities. Um, this one in particular is a flying monster. Uh, in this mission in particular, is the first time you're introduced to a flying kaiju. Um, and its ability is that every four turns, it will wipe out any enemy that's within like a, uh, a certain radius of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, the loop is structured where uh, you have an economy system as well as a uh, science economy. Um, you are spending money to build bases uh, and spawn in units that you can send after the monster. Um, each unit has set abilities, like it'll, it'll be better at ground attacks or be better at counterattacks. Um, so uh, if a monster attacks your unit, uh, if it has a counter, um, it will do a certain amount of damage before it dies. Um you spend more money to spawn a unit, but once it dies, you can call it back at a base for a much cheaper price. So you're spending $3 to call in a tank, but once that tank dies on your next turn, you can spawn it in again for $1. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a... There's a... The, the science... Uh, so the, the whole loop of the game is that you are trying... You cannot kill a kaiju but you can drive it off the map in a victory. Uh, so you are, if you, it's very hard to uh, kill or drive away a kaiju uh, through attacks, but you can drive away a kaiju through building up your science breakthrough meter and then administ- at the end of that breakthrough, you administer like a tranquilizer that will drive it off. Hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, the whole the whole loop is to build up your breakthrough meter to eventually drive off the monster. At the same time, I wish. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say I wish I'm looking at this because you know it strikes me very much as into the breach, which makes me wish that I legitimately knew more or remembered more about into the breach. It's another one of those games that never really clicked with me, and I never really ended up playing too mm-hmm. much of it but like how similar is this loop would you say to does it just look like into the breach but mechanically it's different or is this pretty similar 
So part of the, one of the main aspects of Into the Breach was that you always knew where a monster was going to be going, what their, ne- what their next turn was going to be, and you mm-hmm. could manipulate them. So you could, like, punch them in a direction, and then they could end up attacking one of their friends because they were going to move in that direction or attack in that direction. Gotcha. That's not in here. Um, it's, in, it's instead, like, a prediction of where the monster can go, not necessarily where it will actually go. So you'll get like a 55 or 67% chance of it going to this tile and then moving to this tile. Um, and you may have like a 100% chance of it going after a certain target, like a watchtower, which affects your breach meter or a building or one of your bases, things like that. Um, but they're always going to try to prioritize like buildings and things in the environment. So at the same time, while this whole loop is going on, uh, here's where the deck builder comes in. So there is a certain mysterious faction in the game that's trying to help the monsters take over and destroy the map. Um, and every turn, it play the enemy faction plays a card. Um, and it will be things like uh, a black op will happen in which uh, enemy enemies will somehow break through and, and do harm to security. At a certain point, you will run out of your security points, your locks that are in the lower left-hand corner, and then that will trigger a sequence in which the monster now knows where your scientist is. Your scientist is always going to be in a lab somewhere on the map, but the monster doesn't know where the scientist is. But once they know, they will immediately beeline towards the lab. Smart monster. Yeah. As soon as that happens, you have to evacuate the lab at a certain point uh, or kill the monster before it gets there. Otherwise it's game over. Mm-hmm. Now at the start of your turn, you get your own cards that you can play from your deck that you're collecting as you play through from map to map to map to map. Um, so they can vary like things like um, you can spawn a unit for free and it can take an action on this turn or you can uh, uh, get a cooldown on Summoning experimental weapons, which do a lot more bonus damage. Uh, things like that. And it gets into a pretty fun little loop of playing out these cards and trying to fend off the monster for time while you build through your breakup me- uh, breakthrough meters and hopefully eventually reach victory. Um, gotcha. So yeah, I just got a science breakthrough because I just filled up my meter. I need to fill up that meter two more times. Um, I can do that either by doing the science meter, get filling that up all the way, or if I knock a kaiju out and drive it off the map. There could be multiple kaiju on a map. Uh, but yeah, it's really fun. There's this, the people that are making this, so this team is the same team that made the Radio General game that came out last year, where it was Radio just that. General. Yeah, it, it got a little bit of notoriety because it was a game where it was just you as a general in a tent with a map in front of you. And you're tracking, like, enemy movements and giving orders to your units through voice commands. Um, you might have seen something about that. I uh, got a little bit of writing. It was supposed to be pretty good. This is their, like, their, their Into the Breach next game. These people are my people because, number one, they love Into the Breach. But more importantly, number they two, co- they love, love giant monster movies and stuff like that. And right. let me tell you <laughs> how I know this. Well, they made a game called Kaiju Wars. That's the well, first clue. That's the first clue. But more importantly, this this very this very much more specific note. So 
This game, it's not due out until February. It's got a lot of placeholder oh, this, stuff. This is early access. Yeah. Well, no, it's not early access. This was a demo for the Steam Next Fest. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of placeholder stuff. They don't have all the kaiju designs in there. In fact, they make a joke early on in the game where you see this kaiju for the second time. Oh, yeah, we don't have all the art, art assets in here. Trust me, there's more kaiju in the game. Um, they're heavily hinting that there's like a gamma in there, okay? <laughs> Yeah. But the music they have for when a when you hit a breakthrough is straight up placeholder music taken from a NES fucking turn-based strategy Godzilla game. And as soon as I heard that music, I immediately recognized it and I kind of lost my shit on the stream. Oh, you nerd. So I know <laughs> these are my people. They're making a video game for me. So you know what the first so, clue that they were making a video game for you was, Chris Davis. It's it had Kaiju, Kaiju in the name. Sorry, Nolan. Con- continue, Nolan. No. Uh, so what I wanted to bring up, and and yeah, the, the the game does look interesting. I like the concept, and I do like the art style. Yes, it very much reminds me of Into the Breach. But I kind of wanted to hit on a point that Beck also shared in chat. While it looks nice. It's kind of clusterfucky. Okay. There is so much going on. To be fair, this is a more advanced match, and the uh, this is this is like eight or nine levels into the demo. Okay, um, and this is they're introducing a brand new uh, brand new monster and a brand new concept to this match. This one introduces crises in which crises can pop up around the map and th- in this instance it's this volcano in the map that's erupting it's spewing lava and everywhere and it's cu- turning areas make lighting them on fire and if you have a unit right. in that area it'll take damage and any base or building that's in that area that's on fire you don't get the uh, economy points and you can't spawn in units on that so this is a very visually busy map but all the other maps that i have played are much less busy I will say this. I do think certain elements. I mean, I, I I too think it has like a kind of a nice general aesthetic to it. But I think there are certain elements, like in particular the fire animation and the uh, those like watchtowers with their like lights kind of spinning around, mm-hmm. that are very I, like your it automatically pulls your eyes toward it. It's very it's kind of distracting. So it kind of makes it hard yeah. to focus on any one particular area of the map. Which, this to be is, honest, I, d- I didn't play very, f- I didn't play enough of Into the Breach to know this or not, but I feel like that game could have also run into certain similar issues like that. But I it, don't. It could have, but it didn't. But and it didn't. that's what I was okay. gonna say. Like I think, I think the problems I'm currently pointing out are easily fixable. Um, in that you know that the fire, like Nick said, it's very, you could make that animation mm-hmm. smaller, or maybe it moves a little less. The same with mm-hmm. the spotlights; they don't need to be a bright white. They could be almost like like a translucent or like maybe like a, like a yellowish color, just something that's less. And even like the scenes where it zooms in on the Kaiju, like all of a sudden there's like like 40 things going on. And mm-hmm. like, it's just like, it's so busy. Yeah. Um, so, and like yeah. I said, all, all of that is fixable. Um, and I would hope that they get around. Like my, my, my hope is um, that for as interesting as the game looks, um, I hope is they got a lot of that feedback from the the demo in the Steam Next Fest or whatever. Um, they're being pretty responsive to uh, mm-hmm. to feedback. Um, mm-hmm. Like they, they really the came out of the a lot of this is placeholder and it wasn't supposed to be in there and they're addressing it. Uh, mm-hmm. But the two things I will say to the visual design is again, number one, 
this game I think plays out better when you're not having like a scrunched up screen and you got like full screen. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And again, number two, this is a very, this is a bad visual example of the overall game, unfortunately. So it's your fault, Chris Davis. It's kind, it is kind you of You chose fault. the worst level. I chose the worst level. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I, is, is this demo? I know, I know you said it's, it was during the next fest. It's not, a, is it it's still available or? I don't know, honestly. Okay. That's fine. Um, I, 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 I looked it up on Steam, but it, it's due out in February. Hmm. Uh, that's plenty of time to address some of these issues I think yeah I think they've got plenty of time um, but again other than that like it, it's got all the tropes that you love like monsters attack, attacking the city and the, and the military attacking it and then all the experimental weapons are great like there's a freezer weapon that will uh, reduce the, the monster's movement by one or two points um, there will be like a, a, a guardian robot thing that starts as, 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 a, as a, a plane but when it takes damage, it doesn't die. It just gets pushed back a tile or two, and it becomes like this ground robot um, that can hmm. attack again. Uh, and there's like another there's another thing called the Super ZX2, which is a, which is a direct Godzilla reference. Um, that's another flying kind of fortress thing. Like they're just having a lot of fun, just playing into the tropes of the genre and just experimenting and going beyond like the scope of what into the breach kind of was at its core. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. There's, there's no time travel aspects at, of it yet. I wouldn't put it past it since again, they're pitching like 45 missions for this game. Well, it's so. certainly it's, it, it is certainly a game made by your people, Chris Davis. It is. And, and, and of that we can be sure. And that is congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so many Kaiju. I, I got to have this, it. This looks this really this looks this looks really neat. I can't considering the fact that I had such a hard time getting into into the breach, which I I know is kind of blasphemy at this point, but I don't know. I've I, had I, into the breach and started my computer can... for about three or four years. I never actually played it, so no. I understand. These well, guys, I I at least played it <laughs> and then decided it wasn't for me. But that's you know that's neither here nor there. This looks pretty cool though, and you know, kaiju are inherently pretty dope um yeah all right so like i mentioned this is gonna be a kind of a quicker show i think that kind of does it for impressions this week we we, primarily we wanted to play catch up because next week we're gonna have a lot to talk about with metroid dread um among other things so unless y'all have any objections why don't we just wrap up with the four player minute oh we're actually doing that i i don't know i was gonna spring it on you Oh, um, I, 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 mean, I can it, pull something out of my butt. All right. Uh, who wants to pull something out of their butt first? That that sounded wrong. I have uh, a hype, but I don't have anything else. I have a hype just, and a fuck you, and that's it. That's perfect. That's half. You're halfway there already. Now just come up with two other things you're excited about, which shouldn't be very hard. One of them could be the Kaiju Wars. I don't care. Okay, fuck it. Do it, all Chris right, Davis. I'll do it. Go. My first type is for Kaiju Wars. I loved playing this go. demo. It is beefy. There's there's like eight or nine different missions you can go on of a 45 mission game. And it's due out in February. And it's just, it's, this developer has a reputation for putting out good stuff. And I just like it. And I just, yeah, I'm, I'm hyped for it. My second See? hype is for uh, the Godzilla event that happens at the Alamo Drafthouse in November. It's uh, the 67th anniversary of the first film. 
and they're doing a special screening of several movies, and I've already bought tickets, and I'm already looking fun to that. Uh, my first fuck you of the week goes to Ubisoft, because fuck you, there's not been another Splinter Cell, and I just, I don't trust you. I, you announced a Battle Royale Ghost Recon game. How fucking dare you? How dare you? That would have been great three years ago, four years ago, maybe, but not now. No, it wouldn't. Oh, fuck you. How dare you, Ubisoft? And my other fuck you goes to Nick for not playing 13 Sentinels yet, because that's a great game, and you've had it installed for, for months now, and it should have been on, you should have been playing it by now. Can you give me more hours in the day? That'd be nice. I mean, I, I could. That'd be very nice. Yeah. There's, all, there's only so much I can do with the time we have. But you know what? It's installed. I'm not uninstalling that thing until I play it, so... Rest. You can rest easy knowing that. As long as you, even play. if I don't, even if I don't get to it before the end of this year, it's not coming off my PS5 until I've played that damn game. Just as long as this doesn't end up being a revival club game, which you play it for the first time, it won't be. Okay. I promise you, it won't be. Okay. All right, Nolan, your turn. All right, my four-player minute starts now. Um, my hype um, is for more Metal Gear. Uh, I've really been enjoying uh, playing through two. Um, so I'm pretty excited. I don't know if I want to do Peace Walker next or Metal Gear Solid three. Um, Which one chronologically? chronologically it would be three. I mean, chronologically it goes three Peace Walker two. Um, mm. So at this point, I could just play them in reverse. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not sure which one I want to do yet. Um, my sweat uh, is going to be for Metroid Dread. Uh, not because I'm worried about it. It's just more because they have a bunch of other stuff on my plate. But I also do want to play Metroid Dread. Um, so I'm, I'm not really sure how I want to handle that. Um, and my fuck you is going to go to the, uh, sniper levels in the Metal Gear Solid 2 VR missions. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ. Like I was like, I told myself, I'm just going to play all the VR missions. I don't, I'm not going to try and get like gold or the number one top score. I'm just going to play them. Uh, holy shit, dude. There, there's the, this VR sniper, whatever one's going to fuck me over. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it um wait until you play the some of like the the metal gear solid one snake versions um they get insane there there's one where you're fighting against a wave of like 20 dudes and they all have stealth camo um all right and then my thank you is actually going to go to kojima for stopping the fear from crawling around on the ground licking bird poop thank you for (laughs) not letting that happen (laughs) we can all thank you for that yeah. That's fantastic. All right. Uh, I, too, am going to pull a four-player minute out of my butt. Here we go. Uh, let's see. I'm going to say uh, my hype. I got my hands on a Switch OLED today. Got it uh, all hooked up and Does set up. Got nice? all my stuff. It looks nice. It's the, the, the bevel is much smaller. The dock is white. I like that a lot. I wish I was going to use the Joy-Cons more, but I got those, uh, what are they, the the Hori uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. J- fat Joy-Cons that are really, really good. And it's kind of hard to go back after you. But those the ones that I was using before still work on this model, so I'm going to use them. But I got that with Metroid Dread, so that was nice. And I'm looking forward to finally playing that. It sounds to me like Metroid might be back. Um, getting lots of really good reviews and all that. So that's cool. Um, so I'm, I'm not trying to be that guy, Nick. Um, mm. But just as an FYI, it's bezel, not bevel. Did uh, I bevel say be- would be 
like when it's ah, like you're right. an edge yeah. that's like yeah you're not a bezel you're not... as the edge i'm just i'm just trying to make sure that no you're good you're right you're absolutely right i used the wrong word fuck me my it's fuck okay. you this week you're goes only off to by me. a letter <laughs> it's true that's true uh let's see what else what else what else what else what else uh my sweats i guess sweat slash hype i'm you know far cry 6 like i said uh it's you know it's a bit of my comfort food I really was not pleased with the way Far Cry 5 turned out. Um, but, like, I'm, you know, my early impressions of this have been pretty, pretty good. I got the, I got that kind of excited feeling in my stomach when I was like, ooh, I like this island is huge and it's beautiful and, like, everything feels nice. And, like, so far the story seems pretty cool. The characters seem pretty cool and fun. And, you know, I'm into it. I hope it, I hope it's, I hope... The path that I'm on is good. We'll see if we'll see if it stays that way. Um, let's see. My my uh, fuck my other my fuck you of the week goes to me for uh, I bought I bought Life is Strange True Colors and I've been looking forward to playing that, but I can't seem to find enough time in the world to play all the things. Like I I beat Death Loop and I was like yes I crossed a game off my list. Oh, look, Far Cry comes out tomorrow. So it's kind of like, when the fuck am I going to find time? Fuck me. I don't have time for all this shit. It's too much. Um, and, uh, of course, my last hype, as always, you know, we're 30 days away from the release of the new season of Dexter. And I'm pretty fucking excited. So, uh, yeah. You're both looking at me funny. Or you're looking at no. something funny. Nope. I think I think it's no. good. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. And that's it. That's my four-player minute. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Again, sorry we missed the show last week. We just wanted to make sure uh, we had something out for you guys, and we got a chance to Me and to Chris Davis had fun playing State of Decay 2. It's not yeah. as bad as it was when the game launched. Have you played any more? That's... No. Okay. <laughs> no. No, not at all. Yeah, I, think, I think it's one of those situations where I'm probably not going to play that game by myself. I think playing... It with I think that's another good example of a game that I would enjoy a whole lot more having someone else there. Not 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 to quote make the game easier, uh, but more so I think a game of that style. Like you know, it's, it's similarly why why I enjoyed playing so much of Dying Light co op in, in a game in like an apocalypse setting. It is much more fun when you have someone either not just to watch your back but to talk to. Uh, while you're doing stuff in the world. So I think that's why I, I find games like that a lot more enjoyable when you have someone else there with you. Absolutely. Speaking of games that are enjoyable to play with other people, um, we played, last night we streamed uh, Hell Let Loose, which is a game, it's kind of like, it's an you know open, open world uh, military simulation multiplayer. It's like Battlefield with, you know, but like super, super simulate super super simulation-esque um and that's the game that joseph's been looking forward to for a long time so i hope we can have him on a show in the next couple weeks to talk about that it's a game i definitely know i'm gonna try and play more of uh before we have a chance to talk about it on the show but damn that game's pretty cool um so we'll talk about that in the coming weeks we'll talk about metroid dread we have a lot we're getting towards the end of the year but there's still stuff coming um and yeah that's 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 all we got tonight guys uh of course if you have not yet please join our discord it's discord.gg slash four player um 
You can find all of our podcast episodes at fourplayernetwork.com. And uh, in the meantime, uh, stay safe and be good to each other. Play video games, all that good stuff. And we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye. Enjoy today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Cute little handsome boyfriend whose name is ATN. And so me and ATN are going to talk about some rating today while we watch the NASCAR race in the background because we're from Virginia and that's what you do. Well, I also have to do it for work. Wait, but we're not giving out personal info. Don't try to find ATN because of his sexy voice. You won't. He works in covert ops. So what are we doing today? He's gonna help. Like, what do you want to do? He's gonna help me. Like he always helps me make my raid game the best. Cause I like to feed things. And what else do I like to do? Not not do clan boss. Not do clan boss. And so he keep he gets me a line. And like I like to sell like a lot of gear and put on a lot of bad gear, right? Yes, you okay. level up gear that is a huge waste of time. And, and this is the only game I've ever played. Like, I've never played any video games, so I'm really learning as I go. But I don't always, like, learn from my lessons. I tend to repeat mistakes just because it makes me happy to pop shards whenever I want to pop them. Well, that's why you should play, though, anyways, to be happy with it. Exactly. So, You're just having fun. Like, to give people a kind of indication of my laissez-faire attitude toward raid like if with my account and i'm like what am i level 73 in the game man i didn't um, realize you were that high so where like you like to level champ so much i do does that increase my level Let yes me, it does oh okay um so where where my with my resources and level and what i am should i be a lot further along in like dungeons and things if i were a hardcore gamer who's gamed before yes what, do you think that I would be finished with my dungeons, or at least very close to being? I would think you'd have all of them to 20 by now. Okay. So, I don't. Because only... we just went through Gollum without a problem yesterday. Yes, he, he finished my Ice Gollum. I was like, what, like 16 maybe? 15 or 16. 15 or 16. I think I'm at least at 15 in all of them, and that, then I just quit and started <laughs> doing other things. I really like to level champions to... Um, 60. So a lot of my time has been focused on doing that. Do I have a lot of 60s? Yes, you have a lot of 60s. You have an amazing amount of 60s. <laughs> I'm but, really good at it. But it's because it. you've, you've accelerated them a little bit by feeding a bunch of epics that are four stars and make cha- yeah. it makes it leveling others' chance faster and could so, be 
a useful tactic, but you just got to make sure to not get rid of the good ones. So, like, I had a starter account that I kind of stopped because I, I wanted to start over knowing some things. And I am doing better in this account. The first account I had, I fed a um, legendary. Legendary. To, uh, that can carry faction wars. It was, was it Cillian? Yes. Um, well, it, it's Cillian or Killian, depending on who you talk to. Okay. So, like, on Peaky Blinders, what's his name? It's Cillian. Cillian. And so, for some people, it can be Killian. It's just how exactly. you choose to pronounce it. Okay. So, like, I got some gear by doing a couple things. So, let's let's look at my new gear here. So, um, I have this five-star thing. Are we going to trash or not trash? Uh, you want to trash that one. It's got speed! But it's resistance chest plate, which can be useful but you don't want to keep five star resistance because if you're going for resistance, you might as well get it six star. Really? Yeah, because you you can always make that better. Was <gasps> equipped this thing. Well, don't do that. See, there you go, wasting silver. I was going to say you can always make that better by just getting a six star piece with speed. So why invest in a piece that you know you can replace very easily? But can I replace it? Yeah, just so spend the next couple of days farming. What I think, I don't know where life, I guess life comes from uh, Fire Knight, maybe? It comes from maybe? Dragon. Dragon? I think, doesn't it? I don't it? think it's in Dragon. Life Steel? No, no life. life Steel is in, but I yeah. I think it but might life, be. Um, life, I think, is either, is it is, uh, it's Fire Knight, I think. Okay, well, we did some Fire Knight yesterday, so, so that's it. So, all you got to do is farm some more Fire Knight. Okay, and you're so. going to get a better piece. Oh, his, his bumper finally came off. Oh, is that the guy that got hit in the wall? We're talking about the racing guy. Some guy got hit and yes. knocked in the wall. And Chase Elliott. <laughs> like, they need to tape that up. What's that? Just well, they had it taped up. <laughs> is that duct tape? That's pretty funny if it was. Duct tape that stuff. Okay, so I have defense gloves percentage. He's in, he's in second, by the way. That guy that got hit? No, wait, no, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. So he could legitimately still win the race? Uh, How many no, laps to I'm go? I'm trying to figure out where he is, but I can't tell. 22 laps to go? Is that what it says? Uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. That'd be awesome. This guy, like, got his whole back end knocked off. Like, his, it looked like his bumper was, like, duct taped. And now he's, like, he's doing pretty good, even with a broke-ass car, right? Yeah. Okay, so trash, speed, hands. I mean, you don't have a whole ton of gear, and you got plenty of room, so you can hang on to that one because it's a six-star with a base speed, with a base stat in, and it's an epic. that you want. And you, Well, yeah, exactly. It's not a bad piece of gear. It's just the speed gear without speed is going to be trash eventually, but that could maybe make its way into something for a faction crypt team. Okay, so just Same with that piece. Keep it? Same thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Okay, crit rate gloves. Well, keep those. They're and they got crit rate. Yeah, those are fantastic. Well, not fantastic. They're okay because the base stats are kind of like. But those they're are okay. They're no flat stats. Yeah, there are. Well, I mean, there's. You the, can't get percentages in those. I know right, that. Look how right. smart I am. But they're still flat. Okay. I mean, but they're useful flat. You definitely want them. It's just that you're going to want speed on pretty much every piece of gear you ever have. I Almost love, regardless. By the way, I love accuracy people. And like. You love my, accuracy chess. And I love accuracy. I put accuracy on everything. Have you noticed that? You do put accuracy on everything. Like, my people have some accuracy. They may not have anything else, but they have accuracy. Even when they don't need it, they have it. Okay, so I have attack, um, weapon with speed and crit damage. I'm keeping that, I know. 
I got yes. this from somewhere. It looks like a whole set. It does look like... Well, it would be a set as far as you've got four pieces if they're all useful. Oh, okay. What is uh, it? Just come from that the one, you, you can keep that one, too. Just cause it's, If you roll like crit damage twice on that or attack twice on that, it wouldn't be terrible. But you're going to need some other pieces to back it up. You definitely want to keep that one. Well, Wait, that's four, four star. star. Yeah, so sell that. that. So you don't have a set. Well, that sucks. Uh, sell that. It's got speed. It's base defense on a oh, on, on a, a damage chest. piece. Yeah, okay. you don't want that. I mean, it, I get those are those would be fantastic substats for percentage. that set, but it's <gasps> just a trash. Boots, but yeah, keep those. Boots. And they have crit rate and crit damage on them. That's exactly what you want. But flat set defense. It doesn't matter because you've got two good stats on some speed feet. You're gonna sell them though if you do the thing. You need oh, to unclick them. See, things like that happen. That's me. why you don't have stuff. That's why you can't have, have nice things. things. These are both four. They're four stars, so yeah, just go ahead. And, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, the chest you would definitely keep if it was more than four star. Oh shit, I lost. I don't understand that, but okay. Well, because it was a good piece. It was a defense body with speed and. Oh no, people don't look. I'll have to edit that. I'll just. Excel. Well, you said you was gonna edit a whole lot of stuff, right? Huh? I'm gonna edit everything. Yeah, you're not gonna have a straight run through of anything. I might. No. Um, look, look, okay, so I've got regen stuff. Um, Keep that. Speed and accuracy, baby. Yeah, and you're going to want a okay. bunch of regen because Immunity. regen is just carry for faction crit. What does it do? Heals by 15%. Yeah, it heals every turn. Every time you take a turn, you get a heal. That's nice. Yeah. It works out really nice when you can, but you have to still, you also have to boost HP with it. So pieces with HP in the region set, you need to have some of that too. Do we have any of that? Let me go back up. There. Well, no, speed and accuracy are also you need, but. Okay. So you got it selected. Don't sell it. There okay. you go. So this, I'm not selling this one in that, right? Uh, you can sell that. It doesn't matter. No, it's a six star immunity shield. Oh, we like um, you're you're not even remotely to a point where you need immunity gear, mm -hmm. but again, when 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 you want immunity, you're probably going to use it in arena because that's where you want immunity. Where gear. would I be to? And you need speed. At what arena. point would I want immunity gear? When you have a uh, arena team that you're wanting to like specifically say oh, they're immune boo. to stuff. I mean, keep both of those pieces. I mean, why not? Okay. There's no point in selling them anyway, other than. Like, they're not bad, but you don't one? even have a full set of Immunity, it, so. I get confused, because I thought at first that I would have immunity from dying. You know, it's just, you don't have, immu you have immunity to debuffs. Yeah, I do remember that. That's funny. <laughs> I, I, I had forgotten that. Okay. They were like, oh, I didn't know I would die in that set. Like, oh, yeah. I think I even called you. You keep that one. I think I called you because I was outraged that I Because I, I had saved up some and yeah. I was like ready for it. You loved that immunity set. You were like, I'm immortal now. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Alright, so I'm hoping that's her speed boots. Yeah, okay. I was like, I got a lot of boots. They just love you and they destroy you. selecting stuff. You need to Oh, I know. Why are you doing it? I just get confused for But yeah, you need a good, you need a bunch of destroy gear because, uh, you're going to need a bunch of destroy gear to get through Doom Tower. Okay, so I think um, that is it for new stuff, I think. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes.
Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.